Material Components. Episode 81, The Scaled Council. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, 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 guys. Yep. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, I am Olivia, and I am playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm, Daughter of the Jarashir. Oh. Oh. Uh, I'm Elliot, and I'm playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Hello everybody, I am, and am always, Michael Listman, and I'm still playing Sid Emberlight, despite the fact that I almost died last time. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock, and weirdly enough, also the daughter of the Jarashir. Huh. Ooh, weird. Yeah. Ooh, what yeah. a twist. Adop- yeah. Adopted yeah. daughter of the Jarashir. I love it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. And we're bringing out twists even in the intro of this show. Yeah. This episode is jam-packed. Well, uh, mm-hmm. there, there were uh, very <laughs> few twists, as it were, last episode. But uh, of the events that did occur, I, of course, would like to ask, if you all remember, what happened last time? The big sad. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, there's some tears. Material components well, we... and the infinite sadness. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we started off mid-combat, so that wasn't sad. That was just fun. Yeah, so much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Sid kind of slept on it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. I hit snooze a few times. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what you call uh, death saving throws? Hitting the snooze button? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Five more minutes. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. because we, we we led things off with young Mr. Emberlight making some death-saving throws because at the uh, two sessions previous, a, a Baylor had been disgorged upon the battlefield near the war camp of the Guardian Guilds, and it's transplanar influence that you've been feeling on a regular basis every eight hours, or at least the influence of something, uh finally caused two of your party members to succumb to the strange abyssal tide that had begun washing over you. Uh, Sid and Judah Sunpalm, your Minotaur ally, both collapsed at the beginning of the fight with the Baylor, and one of them managed to make their saving throws and uh, escape the, the clutches of death, and one was not so lucky. Yeah. And it's very sad. It's very sad. Uh, most unfortunate seeing as you only discovered this uh, after the battle had been won with the help of the the auger bearers of the Jarashir who came to your aid yeah. near the end of the fight. Uh, <laughs> 
in doing so, you were introduced to the vast majority of those auger bearers. Uh, I won't go through the full list right now because they are <laughs> numerous. Uh, but leastways, some familiar faces accompanied them in the form of Shikar the Binder, that uh, large Goliath who you'd met in the Drylands, and the long-sought-after Agni Brandbearer, former pupil of one Rashad, and uh, apparently one of the head chieftains or captains of the Thunderguard. Certified fighty dreamboat of the Jarashir. I don't know if he's handsome, but everybody in the Jarashir seems to love him. So <laughs> I, I would say he's got kind of like a, a roguish handsomeness. There is a, a roughness to his face that has a, a weathered charm. Mm -hmm. Mike, you're so good to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they they were well. I mean, actually, he did he did only kind of okay for most of that fight. But everyone else was. I mean, they were all fucking badasses, though. It was a team effort, to be sure. And that's not to say that you all didn't contribute to that so fight cool. as well. Yeah, I think I did nine damage. <laughs> Cherish definitely got some good shots in. Sid yes. got a little greedy, trying to dive in. A little and... greedy. Uh, yeah, a little greedy. Just imagine if Four you damage. had gotten the crit, though, and killed that thing, and then it had exploded on top of you. I would have full-on died. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm glad yes. I failed. I would have turned you into a, one of my blood sons, okay? Well, and here's spike. the thing. None of, you sh none of you could revive me because karmic justice demands that I die permanently from that. I don't know Weird. if there would have been enough left to revive you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sword here. I'm going to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I don't eat it anymore. Yeah, Grawl calls dibs. Um. <laughs> Walks away from the fire, slowly licking his fingers. Mm, tasty. <laughs> but yes, leastways, after the battle, you had reconvened at the Guardian Guild camp. After some introductions among the auger bearers, you found the body of your fallen companion and uh, came to a decision. Do you remember what that was? We were going to. He's going to be fine. Oh, yes? That's optimistic. Yeah. I feel like that was that's... a decision made by one person a little bit. But that's okay. We're not disagreeing with your No, choice. no. My decision my decision wasn't wasn't going to the skilled council. It's That's the decision I'm making right now. You cut out? He ain't uh... going to go out like that. Oh. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> of but yes, a decision was made by your stalwart friend, Tirza, to take the remains of your friend to the, the Jarashir in the hopes that they had the ability to bring him back from the dead. Uh, and Tirza was definitely of the opinion that that is something that the Jarashir can do. And even if they can do, they'd be happy to do it, I'm sure. Well, that was another <laughs> slight concern. Yeah. But uh, at the yeah. at the very end there, as you were beginning your march towards the Jarshir war camp, 
a, a message came to one of your company. Uh, a message from unknown quarters. And, uh, hmm. Elliot, any idea what I'm talking about here? Mm, I, don't, I remember, like, the phone ringing a bunch of times and it the my phone came up and said potential spam. Uh, mm, mm. There's some sort of garbled message at the end. Uh, if that's the way you want to play it, that's fine. <laughs> we'll see how this plays. And then I'll decide how I want to play that. <laughs> but yes, Cherish received a message from an old mentor. By the name of Shemeshka the Marauder. And uh, she seemed to be of the opinion that there are many ways one might bring a fallen companion back from the dead. And perhaps Shemeshka could help with such a fact. Hmm? Listen, the last time I came in contact with her, I sent a bunch of semi-deadly things to her in a package, so... You did send a, a quantity of blood that belonged to Omatep Duskwalker uh, to Shemeshka. And uh, the repercussions of that, it seems, may be playing out as we speak. We shall see. Mm. Consequences of our My letter actions. was very clear. It's true. Leastways, we find the four of you now walking beside the celestial reindeer carry as she bears the body of your fallen friend over her back. Camion walks beside you in solemn silence, their skin bleached white of winter. Trailing just behind you a ways is the group of auger bearers that came to your aid as well as the youngest among them, a 14-year-old boy who carries a, a small statuette who you were introduced to as Bononi Right Seeker. This entourage that you've got is definitely casting uh, concerned looks forward towards Tirza, and Tirza is definitely catching some of these looks, but your determination to push forward is solid in your mind. As you're entering the camp proper, leaving behind the middle camp that uh, separates the infernal fortifications from the Jarashir, you pass by a huge pyre one of many that encircles the war camp. You see that there are several initiates kneeling near those fires, and as you approach, you realize that there is no source of those flames. They just erupt from the earth. But they shimmer in uh, spangled colors of green, purple, and blue, with little rivulets of white lightning bursting around the edges of the flame themselves. But you can't help but recognize the at least the type of ritual that's being conducted here uh, in that it is very similar to what Jeremiah Payne had done around the Realm Scar in the Drylands. Did we learn the specifics of that? That was to keep the... Did we learn like what that was specifically doing? When we were in the Drylands? It was entirely enclosing the Realm Scar. 
Okay. And uh, they were presumably keeping the devilish forces of Levistus contained because when the that because when they started to go out, uh, a fucking giant icicle poked its little nose through the realm scar. So this is true. Uh, though you know that wasn't a foolproof uh, containment no. situation as there had been other devils that had slipped through. Yeah. And mm. it seemed that there was some sort of push from the realm scar that put all of the bonfires out. Yeah. If I recall correctly. And you do cor recall cor correctly. Recall correctly. <laughs> Don't go around the rerow. Don't go around the rerow. Fuck. Okay. But one concerning factor that is maybe dawning on you now is as you're beginning to put together these pieces, you're starting to realize a larger pattern in everything you've been encountering, and you think back to exactly when it was that the fires went out and that hell broke loose. And if you're not mistaken, you think it's probably right around 2 p.m. when that occurred. Ugh. Whoops. Fuck. Oh, this cursed keen mind of mine. Yeah, and Cherish, you especially, you're, you're starting to put a lot of this stuff together because of your keen mind, and you would have to look at the the Harrowman murders specifically, but if you were a betting gal, you would have some very intriguing information about exactly when those murders took place in terms of the time of day. Well, because we, I mean, I'm, I might know that, though, because didn't Sid get all that info from the place and then I read through it all the way? It's true. Yeah, and you would know that as you think back on it, all of the murders either took place at 2 p.m., 10 p.m., or 6 a.m. That's troubling. Mm-hmm. Add it to the list. Or at the very least, close enough that observers might have mistaken the exact minute of the attacks, but you've got a strong suspicion that that's exactly what occurred. But leastways, as you pass by these bonfires, you are met with the, the Jarshir war camp that spills out in front of you. Probably for a good few miles to the east. It's not as uh, orderly as the infernal fortifications that you've seen, but neither is it as ramshackle as the Guardian Guild encampment that you're coming from. There are a smattering of yurts spread out in the distance, large collapsible structures that seem to be crafted of large animal skins worked between poles that are set up in loose rings and planted into the ground with poles and tarps used to create the roofs of these things. There are fires about that people are sitting at and sharpening weapons and talking amongst each other, uh, sharing meals together. 
and all of it surrounds one massive longhouse that abuts a tower that rests near the road. And this tower is a huge, probably five-story affair built of trees and stone and seems to have been constructed new in this place. As with the longhouse, these appear to be things that the Jarashir have erected after coming here. There's definitely some signs of magic in their construction in terms of just how large and complete these structures seem. Just looking at it, you can see that they lack the visible seams of something that had been built by hand. Hmm. Above you all is a roiling storm cloud that seems to be tethered by six strands of lightning that continually flicker and jitter from the top of the tower. It seems to be lashing the storm cloud above this campsite. Occasionally you'll see a large bolt of lightning sear out from the cloud, lancing across the horizon towards some far-flung place on the battlefield, seemingly to strike a target of one type or another. Um, I, I can't remember who saw the storm giant um, above the bulwark. Uh, Cheris, did you divulge that information with the rest of us? Um, I'm not 100% sure if it was everybody. I, I know I made some kind of offhand comment to Tirza that um, uh, Null was totally cheating. <laughs> but I don't 100% remember if I went anything beyond that. Yeah, because my instinct would be to look into the storm cloud to see if there's a storm giant up there, but um, I don't know if I would know. I don't know if there's room for one. Also, we're not cheaters with our lightning powers. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a <laughs> that lot. I know of, I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot they don't tell you, so. Yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah, a, you're yeah. certainly not a cheater. You can grab lightning. Yeah, we have seen that. And, uh, Point of fact, it was not uh, Cherish who saw the storm. Oh giant. well, it was the lesser, but like right. Yeah. But Cherish was the one who 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 knew about it. Cherish was told that there was a storm giant. Yes. What would be the point of him lying to me about that? That's a very good question. <laughs> well, he's an imp, and but he technically can't lie to me. We've gone over this. Yeah, we have. <laughs> I hate that little fucker. That was just so good. <laughs> so. Anyway. You are rolling into this war camp. Uh, I'm out. Tirza, you <laughs> see all... I mean, all of these faces are familiar in one form or another. Whether or not you know them personally, it ranges. Most of the people you see here are from Kathbari. But there mm -hmm. are a... A long smattering of others, but mostly warrior types, people who are capable of fighting the <laughs> the children and the like, uh, craftsmen and uh, folk who can't necessarily like kill outside creatures aren't here on the front lines. Uh, though you did see plenty of them back at Fort Verge. I'm a children. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. That mostly people here from Cathbury since uh, 
they their their since Kathbari was in the wilding for a hot second there. Uh, and you did learn previously that the the village was evacuated before the Evacu- wilding exactly. consumed it. Yeah. But you get all sorts of recognition and nods as you enter. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, if it, if there is a response, it is a nod because I think Tirza is focused on the task at hand. Okay. Well, then I must ask, what is the task at hand? Um, that's a good. That's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm assuming I can't just like kick the doors to this uh, lodge open and be like, "Hey, scout, skilled council, heal my friend." Why? Um, that's great. What a great move. I don't know that that would <laughs> even occur to Tirza to do. Um, I think. Uh. Actually, yeah, I think at at one point, um, like get it, like getting into town, Tirza will um, pull probably probably Pallavi and ask her, like, I, I mean, there's much to discuss, but obviously my pressing matter is uh, and she'll just kind of like trail off because the dead minotaur on Carrie speaks for itself. The rest of the auger bearers aren't they're staying relatively close. They're not clumped up around you, but uh, when you approach Pallavi Stormstaff, this uh, human woman of middle age who's got that uh, wrought staff that looks like it's made of lightning-burned wood. She will glance towards your fallen companion and glance towards you with a, a worried look of... I mean, she's definitely concerned and she says... Of course, but I am not sure how... You don't think they'll help? Unless the signs are strong, Tirza, there is a little chance of any being brought back, let alone one not of the faith. He is all of my companions are I I don't know inexplicably tied to the end of days. He is important for what comes next and I will convince them of this fact. 
and you see approaching from behind, Agni will place a hand on Pallavi's shoulder and look to you with a, a concerned, not quite grimace, but definitely a, a, a resolved expression. And he will say, Of course, you may have your say in front of the Scaled Council, Cloakbearer. No one is denying that you may speak. But unless the seers and the oracles will it, this magic may not be for your companion. You must understand that. Uh, Tirza takes like a deep breath like she's about to say something and then um, like has to physically clench down on it. Um, of course, I I am sure that fate has marked He's not supposed to die like this. I know that. And from nearby, Camion would speak up and say, We all know that. And they will look to Grawl, Cherish, Sid, looking for confirmation from the three of you. Um, Cher so are the, the auger bearers like in front of us or are they like they were trailing so a little behind and now they're okay. kind of spread out in a, a loose ring. You can see that a few of them are kind of clumped off to one side. There is uh, that staff uh, holder and the one with the, the large torch is standing near Tirza. The Earth Genasi woman with the huge bow. Uh, the dragonborn with the great sword. Shikar the binder and that uh, water Genasi with the big banner are kind of clumped together off to the side. Sharing kind of like whispered words with each other. And the others are sort of scattered a little bit close by. Cherish will also take a place behind Tirza um, very resolutely. She is kind of a, kind of afraid that if she says anything that someone might figure out that she's a devil. I don't know. She doesn't feel comfortable here, but she's going to like step up at least. Our experiences leading up to this moment have shown time and time again that the Threadless are inherently linked in the fate of this valley. It is important that he is revived. Agni will look you up and down, Sid, and nod approvingly at your words. And he will turn back to you, Tirza, and say, 
Of course, we will convene the council as quickly as we can. They are close, in any case. But I am sure they are about the camp at the moment. Uh, Cloakbearer, you and your companions may feel free to use the temple as a place of rest until we may convene the council. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and I will kind of, um, what, uh, um, what should I, um, no, never mind. Um, thank you, and I, I appreciate it. Everyone, we should um, go. Uh, and then she will kind of try to catch Benoni's eyes, if she can. Be probably not super subtle about it, but she's trying. <laughs> And, cool. Yeah, you can see that uh, Benoni has been taken aside by the wood elf with the strange serpentine breastplate, and she definitely like dragged him off by an ear at one point, and is just kind of <laughs> talking to him about uh, not going running off and uh, never going off alone, and you're an auger bear, you should know better, and um, there's there's definitely some admonition happening off to the side as you are trying to catch Benoni's glance. He will definitely uh, glance towards you and uh, give you kind of a pleading look, and you're suddenly struck by this. Is this what it looked like between you and Netta from the outside? I was <laughs> just about to say, I was like, this is very nostalgic for Tirza. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. You weren't thinking. <laughs> um, I will... Uh... I will... I'll take mercy on him. That's fine. <laughs> um, I will cross over to them and uh, place, like, a hand on his shoulder and say, um, Ironhearted, I, may I, um, may I speak to Benoni, please? She'll cast another fierce glance at the, the boy's way and then look to you, her expression softening, and she'll bow slightly and say, Of course, Cloakbearer. Just make sure he doesn't run off again. Of course. Um, <laughs> and Tirza will recite again some like little tiny snippet of scripture about duty and like respect like fake admonishing Benoni <laughs> and then like pull him away be like okay let's go <clears throat> and he will mutter thank you <laughs> you are welcome <laughs> uh and I'll lead him to the temple with with everybody else I'm assuming this is something easily identified for me Oh yeah, absolutely. You would know that the big long house that is set up here 
is absolutely a temple to the gods in triplicate. Mm -hmm. um, it is uh, something that, uh, you know, the, the highest level priests of the, uh, to put a technical game term on it, uh, highest level priests of the Jarashir are capable of this sort of thing, like conjuring a temple at will. Um, it's a, a huge ritual that usually takes uh, four or five high priests to accomplish, but it can be done. Excellent. Um, mm. Hey, Mike. Yes? I'm not sure if Cherish has ever been in a building of worship before, or consecrate... Well, no, I guess I've been in a cemetery. And I don't know what you thought you were walking inside of at the, uh, the, the fortress of the, uh, cult in the Drylands, but, uh... Well, yeah, but on one hand, yeah, but on the other hand... True. It wasn't exactly to the gods in triplicate or any, like... I mean, it, it, in point of fact, it was to the gods in triplicate, um... It what? very much was. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh... Yeah. Okay. So, your concerns about uh, hollowed ground are noted, and yes, I don't know if Cherish has technically ever set foot inside of a proper church before. Just hold your breath, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's like a tunnel. Make a wish. Uh -huh. <laughs> Just hoping I don't get blasted out immediately or catch on lightning. And Tirza, <laughs> give me a religion check. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, she's good at these. Dweet. <laughs> that's empirically not true. <clears throat> no, I, that's why that's, I said it. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, sorry, that is a 14 plus... Uh, 17. Okay. Nice. You would know that, that generally attached to most Jarashir temples, there would be a subterranean section that is referred to as a burrow. And it is there that the dead are kept until they can be uh, burnt in the proper ritual way. And that generally happens in a mass uh, funia funiary uh, ceremony that happens only twice per year. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, the bodies of the departed are kept in the burrow and they are kept whole via the use of sanctifying magic. Right. Okay. A la gentle repose. Mm -hmm. um, so you would know there is a place in all likelihood, beneath a temple of this size that could accommodate the bodies of the recently departed. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, yeah, I'll let everyone know that and just say, like, so I'm going to, um, take him there first and then we can 
um talk yeah yeah and i will do that okay what are the rest of you doing as Tirza is making their way towards the or Tirza and Carrie and Benoni are making their way towards the the temple does has anybody been to a temple before uh, anyway. I, I mean super no technically yeah. technically my pains thing was a temple but it was very unorthodox i don't think that that really maybe counted in terms of. Um, we also tried to like sneak into it. This is we did. We were walking um, into this one just a little bit. Yeah, I just I don't know what to do in the meantime. Never been to one of these. I I don't I don't think we have to do anything. I think so. We, we just are. we just wait around. That sounds uh, really boring. Well, okay, I'm. What I was gonna do. So, yeah, does this? A, I mean, if I, I can, if I can enter the temple, then I was going to rest there. Um, yeah, I will say you're all still feeling combat uh, a bit. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I'm oh, I feel it. Oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose one HP. One hit oh, point. Oh, hmm. uh, uh, yeah, me too. Um... <laughs> Mike, how? What? What level of? weird looks are they getting from people um they're definitely getting some looks uh non jarashir folk standing oh. in the midst uh, the the looks are mitigated by the fact that they seem to be interacting with the auger bearers and so <laughs> these are prisoners i see not, not prisoners, but it's like, okay, they're here with the VIPs, so it's probably yeah. cool. No one's questioning them being here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, as you're all looking around, this is probably all of your first experience being in the midst of a concentrated group of Jarashir. I, I don't mm-hmm. know yeah. if any of you would have any reason to have ever visited any of the Bari. I think I've met three Jarashir before this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're among them, you are really struck by just how diverse a population the Jarashir consist of. And it is the most Janasi you have ever seen in one place. Yeah. Uh, there were three nice. alone among the auger bearers, and there are plenty more here. There are any tieflings? A fair amount of humans. Yeah, I was wondering that. Uh, some dwarves, uh, one or two halflings. You see almost no elves or gnomes. And by almost, I mean, like, at most you see some wood elves or a half-elf here or there. Uh, definitely no high elves or a ladron among them. Hmm. Um, there are a scattering of dragonborn. And yes, in fact, you do see a few tieflings. Oh, oh. Look at all my hobgoblin brethren. Look, look at all of them. God, there's so many here. I feel like yep. I'm at home. And they're all Chuck. albino. This is so weird. Crazy. Yeah, that one, that hobgoblin looks like a dwarf. That hobgoblin looks like a tiefling. It's crazy. Grawl, while you do not see any hobgoblins, you do see a few bugbears among Hell yeah. the people of the Jarashir. Specifically, people who look like they're from Kathbari. It looks as like they have got a a 
strong bugbear contingent. All right, they're, they're cooler than I thought they were. Just... There are also uh, a few Goliaths scattered among them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, the sheer amount of Genasi you're seeing here is pretty. I don't know if awe-inspiring is the right word, but it's just like, whoa, that's a, a marked uptick. Yeah. If I was a different character, I would, I would ask to do like a history role as to why so many uh, Genasi are drawn to. I mean, I guess I could, anyways. Um, I could do it. One. I'm not sure. How about this? I ask. Hmm, I wonder why there's so many Genasi in the Jarish here, and then Cherish can go. Hmm, that's a good idea. Let me access my encyclopedia brain and see if the information is in there. Grawl thinks about it and realizes he doesn't he doesn't care to think about why there's so many Genasi. Hmm. What'd you roll, Elliot? First, first roll of the game is dang natural twenty. Oh. Wow. oh I know a lot about why the Genasi are here. Probably because like I asked Tirza or something. Mm. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, Tirza, you would just know this. Yeah. And that's the fact that among the Jarashir, Janasi are just naturally occurring more often than not. If there are children born amongst the Jarashir, there is a decent, like, above 40% chance of them being Janasi at birth. And, I, yeah. I, because, because that's a natural 20... I, I mean, I'm assuming it has to do with the um, planar aspect of Genasi heritage, though I don't actually know that that's the case. That would just be, if I was here, that would be my my opinion, assumption on things. As you're putting that together, Cherish, you would, with a natural 20, you'd be like, okay, well, you know there's some extra planar connection to the Jarashir, and Genasi are inherently infused with the like elemental plane energy within their bodies um there there seems to be a connection there like what precisely it is you're not 100% sure and there are and there are several several baris that occur either within or within close proximity to places that have extra planar origins yeah like like are there a bunch of earth genasi from kothbari are there a bunch of water genasi from Utbari? Utbari, mm-hmm. like a bunch of fire genasi from uh, um... Pashbari. Pashbari. Pashbari, yeah, etc. etc. You you haven't taken a census, but that's an well. interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> right, like that's just you know Cherish spouting off, mm-hmm. spouting off what Tears had told her, and then her own like. Suppositions, like suppositions. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely a very curious and uh, that that is a strong theory. I'll say that much. Gotcha. Sometimes Cherish and I are the same level of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do in fact see uh, a few tieflings among their number. Uh, they are definitely the rarest of the species you see here. Maybe only see two. Among their entire number, at least in the immediate vicinity. Um, but uh, what you do notice among them is that these tieflings have less 
like truly fiendish features and more I mean they have antlers not horns. Yeah. They they have Ooh. something more resembling elk horns coming out from their skulls. Their tails are a little bit more pronounced and end with like tufts of fur. Hmm. Hmm. I mean so it's fine but Um, so yeah, I also look much more fiendish. Should we um, like sit down for a little bit and just kind of catch our breath? Well, just just sit down for a bit. Yeah, I'm I still mean, like. Agni bleeding. had told you you can rest in the temple. Yeah. If you don't want to do that, you can find somewhere else to pop a squat if you want. Anywhere works. So as Tirza is heading off towards the temple, I guess I'm asking if the rest of you are following or not. <sighs> yeah, I'll follow. Kind of follow hesitantly. Right. Okay. I mean, Sid, you're welcome. You're welcome to stay. It's all, it's all right. By myself, that sounds really boring. No, life is what you make it. So I, you know. Camion, do you want it? Camion, do you want to go? Camion's already gone. Following Tirza. Yeah, yeah, that's, so. that's fair. <laughs> I, I like gesture. I'm like, oh shit, where? Oh damn it, Camion. <laughs> so Tirza, you lead the party towards the entrance to this, what you thought was a longhouse, but now you know is a temple to the gods in triplicate. As you approach, you see some wild symbology of the gods, or at least it's wild to everyone except for Tirza. There is an intricate working around the gates to this place that consists of three intertwined snakes that helix together until they uh, surmount towards a peak where one of the snakes has three heads, which then twist around each other towards a, a further peak at the top of the door of this place. Uh, it's very similar to the statue that Bononi is carrying, except mm -hmm. it is embossed on the wood of this front of the temple. Uh, the scales of the snakes are painted in wild colors to pop against the wood. You see that one of the snakes is painted in a, a rainbow of colors, and you are reminded of the enormous serpent you saw in the Beastlands. You see one of them is a series of purple and black scales, and that is the snake that uh, rises up and eventually ends in a three-headed twist at the top. And one of them is painted in more of a, a bright blue uh, that resembles the sky, and it uh, twists down amongst the others. As you enter, the temple itself doesn't actually have a door. It's just a, a large opening that leads into this place. You have to walk beneath the arches that are made of these stink statues to enter. There are no guards, per se, but Tirza, you would know that the entrance to any temple is generally warded by spiritual entities that can act if they need to. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the 
spirit guardians that you've seen other clerics conjure can become manifest at the entrance to the temples if they need to be. Um, uh, mainly because I can see Elliot's face. Uh, do I think that this would be a thing that Cherish would have a problem with? You've been told your entire life that the temples are a place of safety among the faith. They are warded against creatures of the outer storm. And that they will... Th those creatures are not welcome in the temples of the gods in triplicate. That is what you would know. Okay. Uh... See how this pans out. <laughs> Cherish, I'm gonna need you to run at those spirit guardians at full <laughs> yeah, speed. Yeah, if you could just if full you speed. could just yeah. Maybe if I go um, fast enough, they won't know it's me. <laughs> become speed. Well, here, give me the bucket hat. I'm sure that will work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your defense is based entirely upon sight. Um but I've never seen this happen before. No. I no, assume. No, no, no. Yeah. Like <laughs> No, what I would imagine I would hope not. Well, I mean, in in Cothbury, I was mostly fighting weird aberrations oh, and fucked up shit. But those were like um, dire animals and Yeah. Uh, you've you've that's never true. you've never seen a a rift swine or or some kind of tentacular horror from the edges of the storm wall make it to a Bari village and then try to break into a temple. No. Okay. Um, huh. I think that, um, I will sort of like at the door to the temple, I will, uh, wave Benoni through and, um, oh God, how do I be cool about this? Um, be cool, uh, be cool. Uh, one, uh, one moment, Bright Seeker. I I need to speak to my my companions. Um, I'll be be right there. And Benoni will look to you and say, "Should I grab the learned?" Ah, uh, yes. Ah, okay. I will do that. And Benoni rushes off deeper into the temple. Um, Who's the learned? Have I have I met Lion before? Um, probably in passing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember if he was or if they, she, she was one of the ones I had met. Um. Uh, the, well, I guess not the final Augur Bear. You haven't met Sedna either, but, uh, just, uh. A uh, learned um, auger bearer of the Jarashir. She m might be enlightening. Um, cherish. The reason I stopped all of you is because mm -hmm. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you can. Maybe we should just be sort of um, careful about you coming in here. Maybe I should go tell Valor about, about Judah. Maybe I should go get him 
It would be really conspicuous if I, if I was just the only one who wasn't in the temple. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I don't uh, know that you'll have a problem. I, I'm just not, I'm just not sure because of, um, yeah. I mean, we we should send. Well, hmm, I don't know if we should send a message to Valor. I mean, I don't, I don't have to go in the temple, so you know. It wouldn't have to just be you. I'm. I'm mostly just like, um, maybe just touch it before you try to walk through it. Is that how magical barriers work? I'm not sure. I would. I would probably mm-hmm. steer clear of it in general. I'm hoping it's like a souped-up electric fence. I don't know what that means. I, I don't I, either. I'm confused. Yeah. I used my read voice. <laughs> <laughs> It just would probably be a really bad look for everyone, especially me, if I tried to enter the temple and got rebuffed and people noticed because there are people here mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think you will be. Uh, but I'm. Oh, hey, am I going to be able to get into with the bug arm thing? That was also my oh, read voice, too. So, <laughs> yeah, could you yeah. tell? Shut uh, up. Actually, can you, read, can you read, read where, read no, where are you talking about bugs? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, also a really good point. Oh, yeah. I think I think Grawl is actually probably the perfect person to test since his arm I, is the only thing that's It's not a bug arm anymore. We've yeah. been over this like multiple times. I'll go test it. I'll be right back. Okay, we good? We good? Dares I lead the way? Okay. I'll yeah, I'll walk through. Okay. Grawl, you're right behind her. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Walk through the entrance of the temple. Woo! <laughs> yeah, there's definite. There's definitely just a like. Uh, it's it's two people trying not to look relieved while being very <laughs> relieved. I, I'm sorry. This is just the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm I'm such a big fan of 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 your work. Um. Yeah. Turn around, give a thumbs up to uh to, to Cherish. Okay. Camion will spare a glance to Cherish and then walk forward themselves. Okay, Crawl, if uh if anything happens to her, make her invisible and leave. Like very quickly, like as quickly as possible. Like like I, quicker I, than you've hey, ever done. Hey, hey, hey bud, hey friend. Warlock. Two spells. It's been like ten minutes. <laughs> I don't know what that. <laughs> and it's it's true. We can go over it. In I'm my... a little limited. We have a rest. I can, I can go over yeah. it with you in my objective um, <laughs> rating and leveling system later. Yeah. But okay. Well, tapped out. Cherish like screws her eyes shut and holds her breath and just like power walks into the temple. <laughs> And after you pass through, there's a moment where the air becomes a little bit cooler as you 
get out of the kind of muggy, gnarly air outside, and you crack an eye open, you're inside yeah. the temple. Nope. Give me an insight check, Cherish. You know, that's fair. <laughs> that wasn't very subtle, and I wasn't meaning it to be, so <laughs> this is a fair thing to happen. Oh, man. That was <laughs> this is fun. I'm glad we came here. Good <laughs> idea. Nice. Everything seems great. Yes, actually. There is... I would say it's a sensation, but it's actually the lack of a sensation that suddenly washes over you, Cherish. You can't quite put your finger on it, but it's just like, there's a weight that's no longer on you. There's this sense... <gasps> Like, you were out in the open, but now you're undercover. You you just feel there's this lightness to your shoulders suddenly that you didn't even realize was there. God. Hey, try to summon the lesser into here. <laughs> <laughs> now that's an experiment. Yeah. Not sure what I'm yeah. wanting to do. Maybe he'll be shredded. It'll be good. <laughs> It'll just go back to hell. Yeah. Which is where I don't want him to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Sid, you're now the only one outside. I go in. I'm not worried. And the spirit guardian <laughs> <laughs> It was always you. <laughs> Oh, every, my secret! My secret every, identity is revealed right now. Every time I cast Divine Sense, uh, Sid was actually standing right b behind Cherish, and so I just, just assumed a, a thin sheet of lead that he was holding up in front of himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just didn't notice. <laughs> very high, of hand of hand very hand. high. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you if you did Divine Sense in here, like uh, regard with regards to me. Um, or even just in general. I mean, it would be consecrated, I assume. Yeah. But uh, I'm. I can't remember if my divine sense shows at all. Uh, but I'll do it. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Uh, activating your divine sense, you glance around and. Many of the truths that you just uh, assumed are, in fact, true. Uh, this is consecrated ground. Um, Cherish still detects as a fiend. Oh, um, okay. That <laughs> has not changed. Um, but what about me? <laughs> there is, like, a slight little twinge of fae coming oh. off of Sid. Yeah. Makes sense. That has yeah. perhaps evolved uh, a little bit since the last time you poked around with this ability. You know, what with the drinking uh, mana. of the Archfey yeah. blood and getting <laughs> I, that werewolf has, thing. That's, that is yeah. a coincidence. It's yeah. all coincidental. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Grawl has a slight twinge of... Is that, is that mesquite? <laughs> is that mesquite from the chicken wings? That's probably mesquite. <laughs> it's mesquite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, those are the things I can sense: uh, celestials, phase, fiends, and mesquite, <laughs> and barbecue. Barbecue god. <laughs> the seven herbs and spices. Yes. 
Listen, listen. If transformation means anything, then Andren Jinyi makes a mean barbecue <laughs> cookout. <laughs> Cook it with lightning. Uh, I will. Um... Yeah, is is there a like? Is there a space for healing in the temples or like a? Not a reception area but like where is a place that I would know they could hang out the temple here it consists of one really long building that is actually a much grander and robust version of what you saw in Jeremiah Payne's compound in the drylands there is a series of pillars to your left and to your right with large, not very comfortable-looking mats separating the pillars from each other and from the walls. They appear to be prayer mats of some kind. The pillars themselves are etched with ornate carvings depicting different scenes of the gods in triplicate. There isn't necessarily a differentiation of space in this place. There is the burrow below where the dead are kept and where certain supplies are also kept. Ritual components and uh, ceremony components, things of that nature. But you can see that there are already some people in here. Um, some of them are using the prayer mats for their design function. Some of them have just like pulled mats together into little clumps and are sitting together and speaking. You know that there are a few priests, or there'd have to be a few priests in here. And uh, even as you gather at the entrance, you see Benoni coming back with one of those priests. Uh, someone you would know as uh, Leanne the Learned. The auger bearer who bears the, the tome of Shamaran the Wise. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um... large book that is said to contain all of the original writings of the Jarashir. Mmm, tasty book. Don't mm. do it. Don't. Mm. I will. I'll distract them. It's fine. I'll kill both of you. <laughs> you gotta catch me invisible. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Pearl of power. Ha ha. <laughs> huh? uh -huh, Mike. Shush. Shush. <laughs> so you'd use it to eat a book, but not to save your dear friend, <laughs> Cherish. <laughs> I thought that you're a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Um, I. Oh, if if the two of them are already on their way back, then I I won't. Um, I was gonna try to take Judah down to the burrow, but I'll wait for a second. I mean, they're coming from the other side of the building, so you you have time if you wanted to. Oh yeah, then I then I will. Okay. Uh, in will help you. Okay. And two of you lower Judah's body off of Carrie, the reindeer having followed you inside, and mm -hmm. glows a little bit brighter as they enter this space. Definitely oh, trying to. charging. <laughs> Definitely catching the eye of some of the people who are hanging out in here. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, something you would have noticed on the way into camp as well is uh, Carrie is not the only celestial creature that was just bounding about this camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there were a few others that you saw out there. Maybe a, a celestial war drake, a celestial axe beak, a, a few horses, at least one unicorn. Uh, are there also like celestial familiars? Do the Jarashir have warlocks or not so much? They do. Uh, they would have celestial warlocks specifically mm-hmm. um, that are uh, significantly ancient quadles can create warlocks. Mm. Uh, and they would have use of uh, such emissaries among the Jarashir. Okay. Cool. Uh, they, they are very few, but they do exist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as you lay Judah's body down on a uh, a low mat in the cold earth below the temple, you see below here that there are quite a few other bodies being kept down here. It seems as though the Jarashir are not without their own casualties in this war. Camin will stare down the chamber here, which is about the same length as the temple itself. And you see that you have to walk a little ways to find an empty mat and place Judah's body down. Staring back at the the dead of the Jarashir, you're struck by the fact that this is maybe the most dead you've seen of your people in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. But after that, yeah, placing Judah's body on a mat, you would know that the there is magic inherent in the the placement down here that will keep the body preserved at the very least. Alright. Um... Yeah, I I think once it once it's done, um, Tirza will uh, not say anything, but release Carrie to sort of do what she will. If she wants to ha- stay with me, she can, but she can also wander off if she wants. At the very least, she will exit the temple. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will. I'm assuming we get back around the same time that Benoni and Leanne are getting to where we were. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I will greet the two of them, or greet her. And she is uh, an older looking human woman. Uh, The the gray of her hair is shot through here and there with uh, the last few remnants of dark brown hair. She has a, a huge amount of hair that is tied back into a large tail that hangs down to almost the lower end of her back. And it is wound with this long coil that looks like a serpent and ends with a serpent's head at the end, its neck flared like a cobra's hood that binds up the 
last little bit of her hair that would otherwise fall below her waist. And like I said, she's carrying this huge, ancient-looking tome uh, that Grawl would fit right into the archive. Um, <laughs> hmm. Like a corn of cob, or a cob of corn. <laughs> One corn of cob, please. <laughs> Along its spine, you see several symbols, none of which are familiar except for the last, which appears to be a more robust and overwrought version of the brand you've seen seared into the flesh of the cultists you've been encountering. It is a three-clawed brand, but the claws themselves are skinnier, more like a, a snake, a serpent with three heads, as opposed to an actual claw symbol. Um... The, the base of the claw itself is more of an elongated shape, and the, the three prongs are more like snakes' heads that weave towards each other and then away at the last second. Mm. Or perhaps they crisscross into a helix pattern. It's tough to tell just because of how kind of vague the construction of it is. There's like some negative space in the symbol that could imply either they weave together or they come apart at the last moment. But the most prominent symbol is uh, one that you do not recognize. Though, Tirza, you would know that it is the, the symbology that represents Shamron the Wise. Mm. It is a large, uh, flared... It's meant to like represent the hood of a cobra. Mm -hmm. Most of Shamron the Wise's symbology revolves around cobras. But yeah, she approaches... Uh, Bononi leading her, and uh, she will see you, Tirza, and give you kind of a once-over, and then say, You have been blessed by the ever-changing one, then. Just uh, look down at self. Yes. Um, I have been... Yes. This is fortuitous, to be sure. All the signs are there. It... It was... Unlike anything I have ever experienced or will ever experience again, to be sure. Definitely a good omen. <laughs> That is usually the way of the first blessing, yes. Uh, hmm? Question mark? Is that, um, is that something I'm familiar with? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, um, the first? Ah, I see. Of course, you would not have... <laughs> How... You are an augur-bearer. And as such, it is our privilege among the Jarshir to be visited by the gods in triplicate. To receive their blessings upon our journey. Had you remained among us, perhaps you would have been told about this. But as you had been... Hmm, uh, 
out of communication for the last few months. Obviously, your mentor could not convey this information. Though now that I think about it, I'm not even sure if Netta knew of this. It should have been Sedna's charge to tell you all of this. Hmm. Apologies, Cloakbearer. But yes, uh, by now, surely you have at least been visited by two of the gods. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sorry, it's a little mm, dusty. My apologies for interrupting. It's our friends. <laughs> um Right. Um yes. I have. I assume the second blessing was not nearly as impressive as the first. Uh, the oh. Lord of <clears throat> well he is more withholding than Andran Jinyi was ah yes I remember well my own encounter with the Tempest Bringer um, I will, uh, kind of look to Benoni and, um, not, not to change the subject or anything. Um, I will, uh, kind of lean to him and say, does, does she know, um, does she know about what you've told me? And Bononi will give her a glance and then look to you and nod and say, Leanne was the first person I told. Okay. Uh, not, not to be rude, but um, I, I sort of sort of brought Benoni to talk about um, what's been going on with the Augur Bears and the Scaled Council in my absence. Of course. Let us come away from the entrance, perhaps, and speak in a more uh, private corner of the temple. Uh, and I will also introduce her to um, all of all of the threadless. Uh, so as you're, I think your I way. give, I think I give everyone's, uh, I, you know, uh, Cami and Arkantol of you know, and uh, Cherish Iron Strike of Blue Gulch and uh, City City and Emberlight of Stormhaven and. Grawl, daughter of the Jarshir. <laughs> we went over this earlier. So inappropriate. <laughs> nah. And Grawl, daughter of the Jarshir, yes. Uh. Love these serious moments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As you're being led back towards the... What you see to be three altars at the rear of this temple... Uh, that are sort of sectioned into three separate platforms that form a semicircle around a large central depression. It seems as though uh, the 
people who hold services here are meant to be in this well that is uh, beneath these three icons and tears you would know that uh much like the the bowls you've seen constructed around smaller temples like the one that uh, you and netta use to bless your new sword or much like the one you saw in uh jeremiah payne's ramshackle temple um Whereas that one was filled with flame, though, this depression is meant to be filled with water. <clears throat> and in more, like, specific holy rituals, serpents are released into the water, and all that kind of stuff happens. Baptism by snake. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, which I... Cherish, I don't remember how much of that you were there for, but yeah, I mean... Oh, like all of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I even offered to be a snake in the ritual. <laughs> oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Good thing you didn't. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have been bad. <laughs> but yeah, at least always you see that there are three altars, each dedicated to one of the gods in triplicate. And you see large statues of each of them. One is... Just the spitting image of the enormous snake you saw in the Beastlands. Just this large horned viper with rainbow-colored scales. Its mouth agape and leaning forward. Uh, one is of a, a fine-looking sleek cobra, though... The body of the cobra sort of morphs down into that of a woman uh, that is kneeling atop the altar. So it's this woman with this large frilled cobra head that kind of comes down into a cloak. And the last is of a ruinous looking three-headed serpent with two enormous clawed arms coming out of the center of its body with enormous flared wings, half bat-like, half bird-like, flaring out from its back, its three heads intertwining and looking as though they are harbingers of the end times. Lots, lots of very sheer children have chronic nightmares. Nobody knows why. <laughs> <laughs> but... Leanne the Learned will lead you towards the altar of Shammer and the Wise. Mm -hmm. As you make introductions, in turn, she will greet you all and, yes, introduce herself as Leanne the Learned. Uh, but she says, Leanne is fine. Pleasure to meet you. Mm-hmm. You cannot be thanked enough for accompanying the cloakbearer on her rights. I am sure the scaling of the storm wall was a treacherous time for all of you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's real jagged up there, for sure. <laughs> That's not a lie. We were in the storm wall mountains. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> all true things. Yep. Uh wasn't any better or worse than any of our other journeys, so... That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> None of these things that my friends are saying are lies. 
Okay. I didn't lie. I said, yup. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you find yourselves kind of in the the shadow of this large statue of Shamran the Wise. The the light in here is coming from not torches, but these kind of resting bowls that uh, are bolted to the pillars. And each of the bowls seems to be filled with this glowing water that shines up with a low blue light that suffuses this place. Um, I will also, I think that Tirza realizes like that while the rest of the Threadless were th there while Benoni was talking about the um, four sort of wayward uh, auger bearers. They maybe don't have the context of what that means. Um, and so I guess I will kind of explain to them uh, the association with Azidahaka and like and obviously that's because of this new cult, the one, you know, attacking Rift Keepers and seemingly trying to tear open the Realm Scars. But that's not associated with the... I, I look over at uh, uh, Leon uh, and I'm not really... I'm trying to pick my words carefully. Uh, wow. But well, thank you. I, yeah, I know. Uh, but that's not... A, that That group is not associated with the Jarashir, though. So why, why are you bringing this up? That band of heretics is not associated with the true Jarashir, no. We are merely concerned with those auger bearers who are connected to the true Tempest Bringer, Azi Dahaka. Can see how that might be the case. Each Bari village held in trust three of the augers, the items most sacred within our faith, and as they bonded, we knew the time of tempests drew near, when the great Azidahaka would sweep into the valley, unmake what is left of civilization, and leave those who are worthy to start anew, as it was foretold in the scrolls. Hmm. Tirza is nodding, sort of instinctively. Each item, the augers that were in the trust of the Bari, one would be associated which, with one of the gods in triplicate per village. The tome that I carry is, of course, that the teachings of Shamaran the Wise. Tirza's cloak is, of course, a, a symbol of Shamaran herself. I was going to note their similarities. You perhaps saw the torch being wielded by Agni Branbearer. It 
is of course represents the transformation of darkness to light, the change bringer, Adran Jinyi. Those of a more destructive bent tend to be associated with Azi Dahaka. All but Shikar the Binder, whose manacles represent the bound fury of the Tempest Bringer. Okay. I was going to ask how manacles were violent, but that makes sense. They withhold violence until the time is right. Mm hmm. But now young Bononi and I perhaps share his concern has brought to our attention the the strangeness of their actions in recent days. What actions have you noticed specifically? When we came to the warfront, they spent long stretches of time out amongst the demons. Fighting, we assumed, trying to secure paths towards the source of this, this wound in the world. From whence the demon kind spill, a hole, no doubt, split towards some place within the outer storm. I mean, yes, we, mm -hmm. we can confirm that. But they spent more and more time away from the war camp. We know not precisely what they have accomplished, if anything, out there among the demon wastes. If they spend all of their time fighting the demon breed, then more is the better, but they are staunchly secretive, and it grows concerning. Uh, I, I hate to ask, but Shikar's presence in Blue Gulch was known to all of you, right? Yes, he was sent by the Scaled Council to deal with a known group of heretics. Well, we've... I have reservations about Shakar myself, but wherever we have encountered these rifts, there have almost always been members of this group of uh, heretics nearby or even within the bounds of the rift. It could be that Shikar is trying to deal with them as well. There is a more troubling option, though, that I'm not sure I want to vo voice into existence. Chien would give you a, a slightly puzzled look and Bononi is definitely got a look that says, Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. This group is... These heretics. Heretics. Uh, apologies. These heretics are... 
ostensibly trying to bring about the end of the valley, and they're using, albeit a very corrupted and completely inappropriate, symbology related to Ozzy de Hawk, the, the Tempest Bringer. It... If it is a coincidence, it's certainly a deep and recurring one. And maybe the ones who are most connected to the Tempest Bringer have been misled. Misled, thank you. I, I was going to say led astray. Um, I oh. just wasn't sure which one was more um, appropriate. Led astray by these heretics. And that is not to um, doubt their um, devotion, but we live in very troubled times. And for once, Cherish is going to be like, I have spoken too much, and now I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Cherish, give me a persuasion check. I was going to say I will try to assist, but actually I think Tirza is trying not to throw up, so... Fair. <laughs> Good call. Uh, 15. Sedna will give you... You mean Leanne? Oh, yes. Uh, Leanne will give you a serious look. So many NPCs. Um, <laughs> Leanne will give you a serious look. Pursing her lips, her eyebrows drawing together. And she's got these sharp features that become all the sharper as she stares at you but then she her head will slowly tilt in the barest hint of acknowledgement before she says it is a concern the real question becomes what do we do yes right we could follow undetected this these individuals as they make their way back into the demon lands. See what they're up to. Camion would Look at you, Sid, with an expression that is a mixture of horror and fascination, their skin flickering between this like sickly green of spring into a fierce flash of summer. And they will say, Sid, you just saw how bad some of this can get. Yeah. And they will flash to bright gold of summer and give you a smile. 
I mean, we're going to have to go back out anyway. It's bound to happen. This is not something we can just be like, well, this was fun. Time to go back to Stormhaven. And Leanne would say, the heretics are hard at work in that nest of vipers as it is. Yeah, that is probably, mm-hmm. our, probably our next stop. Uh, yeah, well... The world burns no matter where you turn, it seems. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. As you are all standing around, you see that there are other folk about, some of them casting you uh, questioning looks. Tears, you see that your presence specifically has definitely garnered some babble of conversation as folks confirm that the last of the auger bearers have arrived. Yeah. You see one or two people slipping out the back of the or back out the entrance of the temple probably to spread the news. What's that buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's that buzz? <laughs> Tell me what's happening. Um... Noni, you also... I mean, you, you also said something about the Scaled Council. Um, well, we didn't have a chance to talk about it, but you seemed concerned about something they were saying. Bononi will glance to you with a slight look of panic on his face and then glance at Leanne as though like maybe that was not something that he had actually told her. <coughs> I asked if you had told her about stuff. Uh, oh, geez. Um, yeah, in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe I, I was mistaken. We no, it's I, it, it it is fine. Um glance over at Leanne. Leanne's turned her pensive stare to him <laughs> and she will Shit. say Have you been listening in to scaled council meetings again, Benoni? And Benoni will kind of get a really sheepish look on his face and kind of kick the dirt a little bit. Luigi <laughs> style. The the kid's interested in leadership. No harm in that. And Leanne will shake her head, but then look to the boy and say, continue. Bononi will glance back to you, Tirza, and say, there have been discussions within the last week messengers had been sent in an attempt to find you many of the council members think that the time of prophecy is upon us that 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 gathering the auger bearers is the right move for what is about to happen that you are all needed here Yes, I had gathered as much. 
Many of them also sent messengers to try to bring the rest of the Jarashir here as well. They they think everything will end here. Many of them do anyway. I'm... I am not sure they are even trying. He'll glance back at Leanne with like a very nervous look and then look at you and just spout. I do not think they are trying to achieve victory over these demons either. Fucker. Knew that they Fucking knew that that was that. <laughs> um. <laughs> You think that uh, they are mm, giving up on the valley in order to save the Jarashir, essentially? Well, at the very least, they are not putting their full effort into this conflict until, until they can be sure the Jarashir are gathered. Mm. Mm. Would I would I know why it's important for the Jarashir to all be together, or does that um easier to weather the storm? The whole point of the Baris is to keep. Yes, yeah. Keep, okay, that's sort of what I figured, but I, yeah. It's like, oh my god, are they going to try to get out like Noel did? That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> well, Kamal and Gulshan especially. Uh, have they had any success? I, I mean, are the rest of the Jarashir arriving? Maybe if they do, we can... Finally, make some headway. Seems like progress towards this realm scar has been uh, non existent. And shooting another worried look up at Leanne, Benoni will say there isn't an accord among them. Sedna and Vashal have not made their final attempts to call their Bari here. But messengers have already been sent to Pashbari. What is the point in waiting, then? If they don't gather the Baris and they don't attempt to drive back the demon forces, then why be here at all. I do not know. Vashal says the signs are unclear and Sedna has remained silent for the most part. Mm. Well, while this discussion is happening, what is uh, Leanne's like 
reaction to Benoni stating that the Scaled Council doesn't actually want to isn't trying to win this war, I guess. Give like low-key low, low heresy we're talking? Give, right, yeah. Give me an insight check. And, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, Tirza, this is not low-key heresy. This is, this is full-blown. <laughs> this is straight up, like, the Jarashir and the Thunderguard specifically are all about kicking things from the Outer Storm out of the valley. Yeah, I mostly said low key to show how cool and casual Tirza is taking this. <laughs> uh, 15? There is a very carefully controlled mask on Leanne the Learned's face. And at the very least, Sid, you glean that she is not surprised. Hmm. Oof. She's not saying anything. She's keeping her expression very collected, but there's no, like, little micro-expression of surprise as Benoni is saying all of this. She's very, very uh, locked in on what he's saying, but isn't necessarily shocked by it. Noted. I guess just add that to the list of answers I need to get here. Speaking of those, Leanne, has, has Neta been here? I mean, I know that... I, I just, I asked her if she would make her way down here, and no one I've talked to has seen her since I did. I'm sorry, child. I have not seen nor heard from Netta in well, since the last council meeting where she was stripped of her yes. rank. I am sure if she promised you she would come here, she is doing her best to make her way here. Not yes, all among us thought she did the wrong thing when it came to your hajri. I want you to know that. That makes sense. She didn't. She yes. did what was best for me. I, and in doing so, best for the valley. I, it's ridiculous that her title was stripped at all. There are some that would agree with you, but the oaths of the Thunder Guard are what they are. Mm, of course. <laughs> That's why I didn't take them. <laughs> And that is your choice to make, not mm. hers, though. Yes. Thank you. I apologize. I'm not... <sighs> Troubling times is right. And she'll kind of cast a glance to Cherish. Yeah. 
I'll make eye contact. Lan will, her look softening, will glance to you, Tirza, and say, it has been a trying time and a trying day specifically. The council will no doubt gather upon hearing of your arrival. In the meantime, you should all get what rest you can. I can provide food and water should you wish it. Thank you. That be... I mean, I'm assuming Grawl could eat, but we can Always. all probably Always. use some rest. Shelter under the lean of Shamron the Wise. May she watch over you. And may she guide you to victory. And as you are left to recover and take a, a short rest, quote-unquote, here cool. in the, the temple of the Jarashir, I think it is there that we're going to take our break. And when we return... There might be some scaled council members a coming. Hooray! Boss rush! Yay! Yeah, ready. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Here today to talk to you about a subject that I know absolutely nothing about, and that is divine magic. Okay, so. I actually may know a little bit about this subject. First of all, divine magic is usually from a god. Yep, that's uh, that pretty much covers everything I know. Now for some wild rumors. There are so many different theories about where exactly divine magic comes from. Now, some say, well, most say, that it comes directly from the gods. But where do the gods come from, you ask? Well, some theorize that there is actually a divine energy that suffuses the universe, and the gods sprang forth from that. So, it is not simply the energy of the gods that you are channeling if you are a cleric, or a paladin, or some kind of holy warlock. You are actually tapping into that broader divine field. Now, this can be denied by certain gods who will say, no, that is my power you are using. I can feel it, you know, kind of tingling in my giblets. But most folk don't go around just talking to gods. <laughs> Certainly not me, anyway. Alexander, where is the... Oh, never mind. <laughs> where was I? Um, right, divine magic. And of course there are some that theorize that what we call divine magic is actually just a side panel of primal magic. That kind of magic that suffuses the world and the multiverse. And, you know, just the basic sort of natural energy that certain druids and rangers can tap into, but on a more specific godly level. Whatever the source, divine magic can be crucially powerful in certain scenarios where arcane magics just won't cut it. Like, say, oh, I don't know, bringing somebody back from the dead. Now, do I possess one or two magical items here in Duskwalker Import and Export TM that are imbued with the divine magic of certain gods? Maybe. Are those gods maybe looking for those divine relics which have gone missing from their churches and reliquaries? Possibly. Are they for sale for a fine, fine price if you know what to ask for? Well, I'll let you be the judge. Leastways, let's get you back to the action. 
And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had arrived at the Jarshir War Camp, deposited their fallen friend in the barrow beneath the <laughs> temple to the gods in triplicate, and had a discussion with various members of the Augur Bearers, including Agni Brandbearer and a new, uh, newly met Augur Bearer, the bearer of the Tome of Shamran the Wise, Leanne the Learned. You have spent some time now in the temple of the Jarashir and have got a short rest as you catch your breath for the first time since the events of this early afternoon. It is approaching four in the afternoon as you are getting a little bit of water in you and catching your breath, having recovered some hit points and spell slots and what have you. Gee. I'm assuming you've all taken the time to spend whatever hit dice you needed to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in some cases, I'm sure it was more than others. <laughs> Quite a few. Uh. <laughs> Quite a few. Bad a few? Bad a few. Bad a few. As you are resting, occasionally you'll see Jarashir drifting into the temple. Some of them not getting close. Some of them approaching and giving greetings to Tirza. But all of them clearly here to see the last of the Augur Bearers and her strange companions. That's us. As you're sitting, there's definitely kind of an, an awkward silence that fills the the air between you all, unless there's some kind of conversation that needs to be had, because uh, it definitely feels, for the first time, for the vast majority of you, other than maybe Tirza, that you feel a little out of place. <laughs> I think... This situation makes Tears of Veil a little out of place, honestly. I mean, I could take a nap. I could go to my weird eldritch horror space library. It's fine. Your, your, your tent's cool. But at the same time, Tirza, this is the first temple uh, that you recognize as a place of your youth and of your what you've been taught. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a weird um I think it's weird cuz yes, there is this like ah yes, this is home, but also I'm now a different person occupying this space. Both <laughs> literally physically different and also just I think yeah. Mhm. Mm Give me a religion check. <laughs> I'd say with advantage, seeing as where you are at the moment. Awfully nice of you. <laughs> Do what I can. Um, 17 again. Okay. Starring Zach Efron. <laughs> Peacock. Glancing around, 
it's tough not to put the new context that you've gained over the last few months atop the symbology that you're so familiar with here. There are bits and pieces of the carvings that you know like the back of your hand on the pillars of this temple that you now can't help but see the strange gate-like patterns appearing here and there amongst them. There are pieces of artwork that are embossed in the pillars that, while they depict the gods in triplicate, the positioning of that art is inherently familiar, not because of your familiarity with the original artwork as it stands here, but as a reflection of some of the things you've seen in that book you read in Fair Ames here. Representations of these strange divine beings of unknown origin that are somehow connected to the living gate. And those positionings, those motifs appear here in ways that you now can't help but notice. Yeah. So while everything in here is familiar, it is also somewhat new again, as you are coming to these realizations. Not revelations per se, but the context is fresh in your mind. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's not like this because it's, uh, <laughs> probably more, um, probably more affecting than this, but it is the sensation of, uh, going home to your parents' house and discovering they've remodeled the whole place and the bones of the house are the same. And you can kind of feel the old shape of it, but it's something, um, you know, it's, it's just recognizable, but somehow different. Yeah. You're reading an old book, but getting something new out of it because you've yeah. grown older and have more life experience. Yeah. Something you thought was familiar, but that you can still glean something new out of. <clears throat> Just to your left, at the center of the altar here at the back of the temple, rests the statue of Azitahaka. Occasionally, all of your eyes are drawn to it now and then, and Grawl, you among all of the folk here who saw a creature summoned in the room of an inn that spoke to 
the crazier the fallen threadless. You cast weary glances towards the three-headed statue, and those three heads are disturbingly familiar. Great. Super cool. Love it. Okay. Great. Awesome. Oh, boy. But yeah, is there anything you want to accomplish other than just resting up in that hour or so? Conversations you might need to have? Are all of us together? <laughs> yeah. I mean... I would like to share specifically that that is like the spitting image of of what I saw in in the room where it happened. <laughs> it's just a that. <laughs> uh, did you tell us about seeing that at all, or was that yeah, one of he, your mysteries? Yeah, no, I did. No, he told okay. us. I don't have that no mysteries like no more. The one thing that I us. don't believe that for a second. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, I don't remember whether I do or not, so we're going to say it's the truth that I don't have any more secrets. Or is that part of the ploy? I oh. don't know, Lisman. I don't know. My notes are bad. Just saying, we've, we've, done enough, we've done enough we've done enough one-shots where there's traitors where I don't I don't trust anything that Mike does anymore. So. <laughs> now nah, you got a point. Playing the long game. <laughs> Yeah, the 81 episode long game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have seen longer games played. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, kind of, yeah, com uh, comment on that with, like, when Grawl says that, like, you know, that that is also adds to the troubling nature of the um, those specific auger bears um, disappearing uh, or having been influenced by the gold. At a point, Camion would definitely have faded to uh, a light walnut of fall in their demeanor, becoming somber, and they will say, someone should tell Valor. Cherish didn't run by all the rest of us about what her conversation was with Valor, right? No? no. Okay. No. Making sure. Making sure. Okay. Cool. Judah was really the only one who uh, saw through any of that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can go talk to Valor. Do you want me to run over and talk to him? Or we could... Does he have a pocket watch? He doesn't need one. No. He doesn't I'm have thinking, one, but he doesn't need one. Right. I'm thinking out loud. It's kind of how I do. He might be looking for us. 
I mean, if he's heard about what happened. It was hard to miss. You'd think he would have been there. There was almost no time to react. The devils are generally engaged with demons, and if Valor was among their camp, the battle was over in barely a minute. But nobody who would tell him about the fight would know know about the significance of Judah, so. I can leave and try to find him. And they'll glance towards you, Tirza, and say, unless you need me here for anything. No, I... He should... He should know. I... <laughs> he should know. Even if... Even if we manage to... To solve it. Um... Where before she was very... Yeah. Confident. I think actually being here is like, yeah, reminding her how complex the situation is. Camion will nod and stand. They'll place a hand on your shoulder, Tirza, and say, if anyone can convince them of the need, it's you. Um, Camion, if you do go into the camp, the devil camp, to find Valor, um, if you ask any, if you plan on asking for directions or where to find him, be as specific in your wording as possible, just to be on the safe side. What do you mean? Devils like to fuck with people. Oh. I know. Okay. There's a way to speak with them. I've been at this for a little bit, Cherish. Thank you, though. And unless you have anything else to ask or say to Camion, they will depart. And so they do. Leaving the thank, four of you. Thank you all for... I, I know it's uncomfortable to be here. I know that you... None of you really understand... Um, the... I don't understand a lot of things, so... I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Uh, I don't know. It's nice. And thank you. 
And thank you for... I mean... You guys are... I can't even really say best friends because you're my only friends, but... Um, that would, like, make us the best friends. Also, your worst friends. Weird how that works. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that works. <laughs> weird how that works. <laughs> Tears is making some realizations. Yeah, oh, God. Mm. I understand mm. now. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, um, yeah, you are like, we love and support you, but yes, you are also friends with what is ostensibly a criminal, a guy who has an abomination sword and a child of hell. <laughs> we are, in fact, your best and worst friends. <laughs> and, uh, you haven't smited us, so, uh, mm -hmm. So Thanks. technically, I'm your best and worst friend, too. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Right. Is this a hug moment? I feel like this is a hug moment. Draw holds his arms out for a hug. Oh my oh, god. god. I, inspect oh. Both, I inspect both arms and make sure there's no bug arms. <laughs> there are no Towards bug Sid, arms. I do the, the three-finger thing. <laughs> Cherish doesn't know when this opportunity is going to come again, so she definitely goes in for a hug. Oh yeah, Tears was Tear yeah, Tears was there, and if Sid hesitates, she's just like arm waves, like. Well, since everybody's here. doing it, all right. It's hip. It's cool. It's what the kids are doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, the kids are literally doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Group hug. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for looking out for us, girl. Just he gives in a general, thumbs up but in now the big. specifically. And while he's got everyone there in the group hug, it's a double thumbs up. You can't see it, but it's happening. Aww. Now, is everybody else who's around us, are they looking at us like very jealous because they don't have a friendship like ours? It just looks like we're huddling. <laughs> there's, there's some... Look, that's an auger bearer hug you're getting right there. Those are those are rare and treasured. Yeah. Sure. It's like being uh blessed by a saint right there. And we all get 14 points of inspiration. <laughs> oh it's not that good. Damn it. All we had to do is hug? Damn. <laughs> Shit. Group hug specifically. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is empirically the the best way to apply lay on hands to multiple people at one time. It's like electricity. <laughs> so you create a chain so you can do long distance lay on hands. Mm -hmm. Cool. After you've uh, rested for a little while, you begin to see other auger bearers filter back into the temple. They're not immediately approaching you, but it's something you notice. Uh, I will nod to anyone and, like, I don't know, make 
make it apparent that we're not having like a private conversation and if they wanted to come over here they could but I'm also not going to be like hey mm -hmm. new friends <laughs> yeah Bodoni who never really left your side is kind of off a, a little ways as the group hug happens oh um, <laughs> Sort of. Did you want in on the hug? No, he, he's off, like <laughs> checking in with other uh, members of the Garshir here in the temple. Oh, I just, man. I never break eye contact with him the whole time. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's fourteen. He probably doesn't want to hug anyone. It's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you've all got cooties. Hugs yeah. are lame. Ugh. As. You notice the first couple of these auger bearers come in. The first you see is definitely uh, Varsha Ironheart, uh, who comes in and doesn't reprimand Benoni some more, but definitely, like, kind of mom hovers near him. <laughs> mom hover. Yeah, you're noticing that Varsha has a very maternal aspect towards this. I mean, she's a wood elf, he's a human, they're clearly not necessarily blood relations, but she is a very protective heir nearby him. Uh, and and I've I've prob probably at least mentioned it, but like like blood families aren't necessarily like how Jarashir family structure works. Nope. So uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, if you if you had to guess Tears. Uh, you don't have firm confirmation on this, but you would be shocked if it wasn't the case that uh, Varsha is sort of taking the exact same role that Netta had to you in terms of mm -hmm. like taking Bononi under her wing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, eventually, you would see Agni Brandbearer come in, um, striding forward. He will make his way across the temple and. There are folks who will see him approach and give a little sign of respect towards him. And no matter how many people there are, he will always stop and smile and give them a, a brief greeting. Um, so it takes him a while, but eventually he makes his way over to you. He's got his shield slung on his back and his torch ratcheted into a, a holder. It's basically just a ring on his belt that he slid the torch into. And he's got one thumb in his belt as he is approaching and with a bit of a, a crooked smile that is nonetheless charming despite his uh, somewhat scarred face. Think like uh, Edward James almost uh, younger. Um, it's like Blade Runner era. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is... Uh, he, he will approach your group and uh, give a, a greeting towards you, specifically Tirza, but actually, uh, seemingly remembering all of your names, he will greet you all by name. Oh. Oh, what a nice guy. Also, Much better uh, at being a saint than I am. <laughs> yes, please. And he will look to you, Tirza, and say, Cloakbearer, I 
do not wish to pull you away from your friends, but would you mind if we spoke in private briefly? Yes, I think that that would be a good idea. Um, I'll be right back. I'm not letting you out of this hug. The most awkward. <laughs> I don't think the Oh god, are we going. still hugging? <laughs> yes, we never broke out of the hug. Yeah, yeah. we never said break. That's <laughs> true. That's how all hugs end. <laughs> Cherish, completely misunderstanding the the situation because she doesn't know about the whole like student of Rashad thing. Like, gives tears a look and like wink. <laughs> Just bright red. That's not what. I okay. All right. I'm going now. Bye. Because of the age transformation, Agni actually doesn't look a lot older than Tirza. There is legitimately like a 20-year age difference between the two of them, but it's less mm -hmm. obvious because of the change that Tirza has gone undergone. Yeah, that's true. I just keep I keep forgetting that it's a bit that she's been bigged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not like a ton. Not a ton. Not, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a, like little, a little bit. Little bit. Eight years. Eight years, guys. Yeah. Eight years, guys. Like, almost a decade. <laughs> she got mostly bigged. Yeah. <laughs> I was 16, and now I look like I'm 24, 25. Oops. Oh, yeah. <gasps> it's, the it's, the, it's the difference between a child and an adult. Yeah. <laughs> or at least adult body. Yeah. Yes, still a kid. That's true. Uh, Agni will bring you aside and kind of walk around the giant or not giant they're probably 15 foot tall statues and kind of off into a corner back behind the statues of Ozzy Dahaka and of Andrin Jinyi um, he will kind of run a hand across the bottom of the statue of Andrin Jinyi as he pass um, seemingly in a respectful kind of like what's up, my friend, kind of gesture. <laughs> nice. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hey. Yo, dog. <laughs> Sup with it. Hey. What you up to tonight? Hey. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, you up? What you doing? It's more of a, like, what you getting into, bro? <laughs> hey. Uh, Nothing better than this. Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. <laughs> But he will glance towards you and give you a, that rakish smile uh, and say, Your hardships today are, of course, unfortunate, Crookbearer, but this is an auspicious day. Yes, I agree. Uh Despite, I almost, I almost said all signs point to apocalypse, but that's a dumb thing to say. Uh, but I say something along those lines, scripturey style. <laughs> all signs point towards the time of tempest. <laughs> and he would nod at that, with his smile going from merely friendly to slightly 
nervous and giddy a little bit, and he'll say, Never before have all twelve augurs been bonded in the same place at the same time. I... I did not think I would live to see this day, if I am to tell true. I, I mean, I was 12th, or uh, 11th numbers. Um, uh, so, uh, in Utbari, when I bonded with Sadagar, I, it was, of course, um, exciting to get so close. But yes, when I finally heard about Benoni, I was... I spent most of that year in I also can't believe the time is nigh I merely wanted to extend my thanks in your coming here I know your Hajri did not go precisely as is traditional. <laughs> right. Um. No. Circumstances dictated that it could not be. Yes, you will have to regale me with tales of how you overcame that strange witch that had kidnapped you and your fellows over the years. We have heard some things reported by, by your mentor, but hearing the whole story from your lips would be great indeed. I would be... Mm. I would be more than happy to tell you about what happened during my Hashri. That being said, I know things are perhaps not as clear-cut for you where the Thunder God is concerned. Hmm. But if you are willing, there is still a place for you among our ranks. You have more than proven yourself worthy of it. Mm. I do not yet know if Shamaran guides me in that way. Of course. Though it is clear to me that you have the blessing of the Changemaker, as he looks down at the armor you're wearing and kind of gives a glance to his own and gives you another rueful smile. Uh... 
I will definitely have to tell you about that. And maybe you can tell me about your encounter with them. <laughs> it was transformative, to say the least. <laughs> oh, so the pun thing, the dumb pun thing, that is a Jarashir thing. <laughs> So I was wrong about them the whole time. <laughs> Did um uh Did you ever get a chance to talk to Neta uh before or, well, maybe even after she was, uh... I consoled her some, yes, after the Scaled Council handed down their decision. Hmm. Hers was a rocky path. To the Thunder God, to be sure. Perhaps she is best suited in other pursuits. Maybe you're right, but it still wasn't fair. Perhaps. But I do not think it was fair of her to strip you of choice in the way that she did, either. I do not wish to speak ill of your mentor, Tirza, but she did deny you a choice. Uh. Mm. By denying you knowledge, she denied the will of Shamaran the Wise. my god does he know about that um can i can i in insight check to maybe like get um do i know exactly what he's talking about i think i do but i might be maybe misreading what you're saying yeah give me an insight check That is a natural 20. So 25. Well, okay. Uh, let me know what you're thinking, and I will tell you how on or off base you are. Okay. Um, I, I mean, the... 
I, I'm just wondering if this is specifically about the year that Neta um, uh, rerouted my letters um, you, and that whole revelation. I don't think so. You think okay. this is more about the year she spent running interference between the Scaled Council and you. And me, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, see, that's just laughable, because that was her giving me a choice. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, like, okay. How do you know that that wasn't Shamaran's will? Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Guy. Because um, he's the Jarashir Captain America, that's why. Ugh. Yeah. That is yeah. the Jarashir's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um okay I do I do regret how much I've missed uh, in past year but <laughs> what I've been doing what we've been doing has been necessary for keeping the valley safe. I... That surely supersedes... aspirations towards my placement in the Jarashir. Perhaps when all of this is settled, there will be a re-accounting of what has occurred, but until that time when we have ridden out the storm, I do not believe there will be a reconsidering of things, not in the time we have left. Perhaps even in her way Netta has served the gods in triplicate but that could not be seen in the moment I fear um. so you may be right Cloakbearer in which case once the tempest has passed I and the scaled council will owe Netta a great many apologies I think you probably will. Uh, I'm gonna, and Tears of Wolf sort of shut. Hmm. 16 year old, 16 year olds, uh, sulky barrier up. Um, uh, so, unless, yeah, unless he has anything else to say, I think she sort of shuts down at that. Okay. When you begin to kind of put up this sulky barrier, you feel uh, a brief tightening around your shoulders. As though Sadagar is just gently nudging you. I know, but he's making me mad. Um... 
You don't necessarily have to react. Yeah. Cherish resists what Maz says all the time. <laughs> True. Uh, uh, yes, but I also, I, and also Tirza, knows that the old man is, um, just has way more foresight than she does, and, yeah, <laughs> he's good to listen to. Um, and she'll actually, she will actually kind of, like, breathe through it, um, after this convening of the council. We should talk further. I have some questions I think maybe only you can answer. Well, I look forward to the conversation then, Tirza. I will try to aid you in any way I can. As a fellow Augerbearer, we are bonded even unto each other as we are the augurs themselves. She'll nod and make that same sign of respect. And Agni will move away. And as he does, uh, what were the three of you doing while this conversation was happening? How long was this conversation? F five minutes, maybe. Damn it. Uh... Exactly one hour. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Write it down. I should have said I, I. That's what I did during uh, my short rest, but I did. That's fine. Uh, nothing. Just kind of hanging out. Okay. Admiring yeah. the artwork. I think uh, Sid's trying to throw like bits of food high up in the air and then catch it in his. You know. <laughs> It's appropriate temple behavior. Yeah. I think I think so. Um, speaking of Maz, um, I just want to touch with her about uh, Shemeshka. Not really anything specific. Just like, oh man, can you believe this bitch is here? <laughs> um, I can't even. Right? <laughs> Hate her. <laughs> um. <laughs> And also touching base with the whole thing that happened with Valor this morning. Uh, I guess mostly because Cherish is kind of freaked out that, like, I don't know. Just kind of freaked out in general. Just generally freaked out. I mean, that's I mean, fair. generally freaked out, but that's like fair. But like in the worst case scenario, that Valor does just decide to like tr like try something. Like, what am I gonna do? Maz would have a quick and terminal uh, <laughs> solution well, right. to that problem. Like, I'm not going to go with him willingly. I made that clear. But, like... <laughs> you can fly and hurl balls of acid at him until he dies. 
Erinyes can also fly, and stab me with things until I'm dead. And he has a lot of them on his side. I believe if he was strong enough to actually go through with whatever sacrificial actions he had planned, you would have never left the edge of that pit other than going down it. That's a fair point. His admission that the whole idea was this other cherishes leads me to believe that it might have been a falsehood in and of itself. Maybe, but that, I don't know, that seemed like more of a cop-out to me. Perhaps. Oh man, when I get my hands on that bitch. <sighs> you will hurl balls of acid at her until she dies. Acid, lightning, fucking poison, ice. I already said ice. I'm mad. Umami. <laughs> Mesquite. <laughs> Not the mesquite! Whatever this other Cherish's game was, it has been foiled, at least for now. You did well to play on Valor's hatreds of doppelgangers. It may have saved his life. That's true. The what Just that life figure... is worth remains to be seen. Yeah, well, whatever. Aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you want to just go ape shit? shit. Yes, Maz, I do. Um. <laughs> I just gotta figure out what her actual endgame is. I need to cut my hair tonight, too. <laughs> just be sure to dispose of it properly. Oh, yeah. No, that shit's getting burnt by me. Very good. Rawl, give me a perception check as you admire the art. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> so you should tell your friends about this. Oh, mm. Maz. Oh, weird. That is a 22. Okay. Oh. Glancing about the pillars, you see a lot of embossed scenes of big snakes fighting weird demonic shapes. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it depicting... Uh, creatures coming out of large storm clouds that the snakes are driving back, or uh, there's a, at least one pillar devoted entirely to a somewhat prophetical imagery depicting Ozzy Dehaka bursting through a mountainside and storm spilling in behind it that is somewhat upsetting. Yeah. There is one image on a pillar that you find, though, that stops you dead. And that is an image of the cobra-like snake shown in what appears to be opposition to a strange canonical aberration with long, like, squiggly arms 
holding some kind of strange apparatus in a clawed hand with a weird tentacly appendage coming out of its top. Okay. No wonder Tears of Hate in there so much. <laughs> and it's like, it's not dominating a pillar, it's just a piece huh. of the pillar art, but that little embossing of one of the weird canonical creatures you saw in the archive just stops you dead. Terrific. They don't like each other. Use it. Or, again, at the very least, Shamron the Wise, not a fan. Right. I don't know what to make of that right now, but I'm sure it means something. <laughs> Certainly interesting. <laughs> After a bit, the rest of you see Tirza, I'm assuming Tirza, coming back towards the group. Oh, yeah. Or does Tears just fuck right off and leave? <laughs> it's just like it's last time we ever saw Tears. <laughs> runs, runs out of the longhouse. Uh, yes, but I will also like take my time coming back, and if I see people I know, I will talk to them. Yeah, there are a few people you see uh, names you would know. Um, I can rattle them off if you really want to, but it's just people from different Bari villages that you would yeah. have familiarity with. <laughs> As you're doing so, you would see the rest of the auger bearers uh, filtering in slowly, and eventually you would see the familiar face of Vishal coming through uh, the open entryway into the temple. And it is a, a lithe, skinny man with, like, sun-baked skin, wearing loose-fitting sandy robes that come down across only one of his shoulders, leaving the other exposed and, like, most of a, his left pectoral. And you would all see this person enter as well, and they are obvious due to the fact that everyone reacts in the same manner of supplication and giving honored gestures toward this person as they enter. You would see that he has a loose pair of sandals that kind of flap as he walks. This appears to be a man who is unused to the uh, need for shoes, uh, but is wearing them here for safety purposes. The... Uh, knobbly stick that he carries. He's kind of like plodding along and bears some of his weight. At first, you think he has this huge bunch of dreadlocks on his head that are pulled back in a long knot that fall down across his back. But as he enters this place and approaches you uh, from the opening, you see that they st are writhing in... Oh. Strange and up snake somewhat hair. upsetting ways. Snake hair. Snake hair. And yeah, it becomes very obvious that this person has a bunch of snakes for hair. Nice. Tirza with us? Uh, yeah, Tirza is with <laughs> you as this person is entering. Tirza. Tirza, check it out. Yeah. Do you get snake hair? No. 
if like you no, no? that's not like something you eventually get if you get to like the third Good. level of Darashir or whatever I don't know <laughs> no this, this is the scaled council is not literally a metaphorical yeah it's it's literally uh, yeah. see I thought scale was like tears of like higher Never mind. Why the snake where, where, imagery where, where, where. is so prevalent in my religion? Why would you think it was that? <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. You freaked out about a bug arm? That person's got snakes for hairs. Okay, hang on, hang on. Oh, I never freaked out about that's, the bug arm. That's Vishal. He's the high priest of Utbari. I'm the high priest of... You're not. Don't make nothing. that... Yeah, you're the high priest fine, of nothing. <laughs> the town of nothing. Great town. Mm-hmm. And you would see that Vishal is uh, followed very closely by Pallavi Stormstaff, who marches behind him almost as an honor guard. And so, yes, the first of the Scaled Council enters, and uh, pretty soon other people begin filtering in, and this place starts filling up. Oh, so not a private... Okay, good. Cool. I'm gonna stand by the door. <laughs> Cherish is gonna retreat towards the entrance of this place? Mm-hmm. Just okay. in case I need to make a speedy exit. Yeah, so all of the people entering get a good look at you as they are coming in. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. I was like... Listen. <laughs> Listen. How far does Divine Sense go? Pretty fucking far. <laughs> if it was gonna happen... It was going to happen anywhere. <laughs> um, what are the rest of you doing if Cherish is edging towards the exit? <laughs> Just like... <laughs> eat, 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 eat. I'm making it a fucking Metal Gear Solid mission. <laughs> uh, I guess I stand near Cherish? Or, or, I don't know. We'll greet Vishal. Okay. Uh, briefly, I'm assuming that he's yeah, not up for a chat, but uh, he would greet pay you proper respects. with uh, a, a very warm smile and a uh, bring you into a, a quick and firm embrace. This guy has the leatheriest of skin, but it has that softness that comes with age. Very well moisturized. Uh, yeah, it's all the snakes. Um, yeah. Snake oil. <laughs> snake oil, just all over. Oh, this, this whole place is snake oil. Um, <laughs> and uh, fuck you! <laughs> I'm kidding. Jokes are in the room. In the middle of all of this, like high priests are coming in. Tears of tears of drops of fuck you. <laughs> Her her first ever usage of fuck, and it's right now. <laughs> In front of the high priest of her hometown. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and and Cherish is at the other side of the, the longhouse, because she's going for the door, so it's shouted. <laughs> um, Grawl's just posting up against, like, a pillar. Okay. Uh, yes, Vishal will say... It is such a pleasure to see you, Tirza. Ah! And you, I've... 
I feel like it's been uh, too long. Much, Certainly. much too long, my child. And look at you, how you've grown. <laughs> uh, yes, I was... I have been blessed of uh, by Androgyny. Um, the changemaker does great works upon you, my child. Mm. Thank you. It is good that you are finally here. We may now begin the true work, I think. I agree. I... I hope that's the case. Uh, and... Pallavi will definitely exchange a, a solid nod with you as well. And, uh, yeah, after that, Vashal will hobble towards the front again, like, greeting people as he passes. Pretty soon afterwards, a second, not fanfare, but visual ripple runs to the crowd as a second member of the Scaled Council appears. This figure is a broad bear of a human. Uh, they have a thick mane of dark brown that almost fades to like a weird green. It's almost mossy in texture. Hair that comes down across their shoulders, which you're not quite sure where the hair on the shoulders ends and the hair on their head begins, but it just is matted. Uh, not really wearing a shirt of any kind. Um, they've got a, a couple of straps across their broad chest, but also, like, this is clearly an old dude uh, that is just built. Like, Iroh nice. Season 3 of mm -hmm. <laughs> Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. uh, One-man like army. Brick shit house. <laughs> and you see that uh, the back of his hands all the way up to his elbows and the tops of his feet all the way up to his knees are just covered in rippling brown and green scales like those of a viper of some kind. So you're saying he's hot. I'm saying he's got snake-like features on his limbs. He's both hairy and hot. scaly. <laughs> yes. I don't want to call it a fur snake. Sounds Why? bad. One, well, as you get closer, you would definitely see that his hair, what you well, what you thought was hair, has a bit more of like a scaly sheen to it. They're like fibrous. They're not snakes, but they're definitely like more ophidian like, in nature. Okay. Like kind of spiny. Yeah. Kind of like Makes the the weird little spines you see growing off of certain breeds of lizard. Yeah. Got, yeah. Like that one time in the Aladdin animated series where Jasmine got turned into a snake person. Precisely. <laughs> Hang on, I have to go I look go something look up. That up. I, yeah. I, just, I gotta go, guys. Jasmine. She just like had barbs on Plant. her like snake body. I watched that episode a million times because it was on a VHS at my grandma's house, so I have it memorized. I... I am so deeply glad that Reed and I were both like, um, <clears throat> I have things that I have to do now. <laughs> Pretty good episode. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, coming in with this priest, uh, who you, Tirza, would obviously know as Kamal. 
high priest <laughs> of Kathbari. Uh, just behind him is the towering form of Shikar the Binder. <laughs> and Kamal's uh, fierce eyes will kind of track around the room as he enters. I will... Um... I will also briefly greet Kamal um, because I want to, because I want him to know that we were involved in getting rid of the wilding. Uh, no, I I would like to um, just speak to him about that and express my condolences that they had to evacuate and let them know that that's not a problem anymore if they haven't heard. Uh, they haven't. It's only been a day. Um, well, oh God, I forgot we. It's actually been teleported. more like four days, but still, because yeah, you had to travel yeah. from uh, Fort Verge. But yeah, no word has not reached these people uh, that that is a thing that happened. Oh. oh shit! So yeah, that probably also spreads through the crowd a little bit. Uh, yeah, if you approach Kamal as he's entering, and uh, he would say. Greetings, Cloakbearer. Um, Tirza will, like, bow really deep. Uh, greetings. I... I just wanted to... Like I said, out of character. Uh, express my condolences at, that Kathbari was forced to evacuate. We were just... Uh, my companions and I, that is. We're just in the north, and... Um... And these really calculating eyes will sweep across the rest of you, pausing briefly on each of you, kind of measuring you and uh, calculating what you don't know. But there's this is a person who clearly tries to get a sense of everyone around them as they enter a room. Not sure. As I'm picking my teeth with a dagger. Uh. I, well, we saw the devastation around Fair Aemsir, and I, I was glad to hear that Cuthbury was evacuated before it was enveloped. I, I'm glad that the Wilding won't be a problem anymore, though. Is that right? Oh, yes, the... The source of that was a, a realm scar, which has been closed. We we closed it. A fair and bountiful day this is, then. Not only are the Augerbearers here, but Kathbari may be reclaimed eventually. Thank you, Cloakbearer, for bringing this news. Of course. And even Shakar, who's standing behind this guy, will give you an appreciative nod. Hey. Yeah, take that, idiot. As more and more people begin to fill this space, you get the sense that this place was maybe built with the intention of being able to fit the vast majority of Jarashir who are encamped here in this space. Like, there's enough room on the prayer mats for close to 200 people in here. And it's beginning to fill up. 
Eventually, a third member of the Scaled Council will appear. They are a stooped man dressed in more thickly padded robes that comes around their arms but doesn't fall much farther past the elbows. They're wearing thick, sturdy boots and uh, rough-looking gloves. This is Gulshan, the High Priest from Pashbari. They are followed pretty closely by Leanne the Learned. Gulshan has this stooped, kind of weathered, bent appearance, completely bald. He's got some jowls hanging down, but clean-shaven otherwise. Um, and he looks like he would get along very nicely with uh, <laughs> the owner of a certain mine outside of Blue Gulch in terms of demeanor and uh, just way that he is kind of like glancing at the world and has kind of a snarl on his face. Fun. Um, God, do I want to do this and draw attention? Um, mm -hmm. I will mm -hmm. just kind of... Uh, Yeah, I guess I, I... No, I won't. I'll just see if he notices Grawl or not. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, the crowd here is starting to get thick, so if he sees Grawl, he doesn't give any immediate sign. Okay, cool. <laughs> and this place fills up more and more. The... Uh, Sid, Grawl, you find yourselves more and more kind of in the awkward position of if you're standing and just kind of like hanging out, you're kind of being pushed to the edges almost un subconsciously by the Jarashir taking positions on prayer mats and like actually finding places to, to sit. Most of them kneeling, some of them sitting cross-legged. Mm. And uh, Reed, you said Grawl was like leaning against a column or something. Yeah, one of the pillars that have, like, art. Kind of like a column mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, I'll join you over there. Dude, get your own. Get, get your own pillar. Whatever. No, I'm kidding. Get over here. We can whisper shit to each other. And uh, last but not least, the final member of the Scaled Council appears. The High Priestess from Dakbari and first of the Augur Bearers. Flanked by Agni Brandbearer himself, Sedna the Scaled enters, and a hush falls over the room. And you see this old, bent woman gliding along the ground with the lower body of a snake propelling her forward. Um. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Oh yeah, the thing I forgot to mention about Gulshan is he has, his bald pate is covered in scales, and his eyes are gleaming gold with just like ophidian slits in them. Uh, but yes, yeah, Sedna the Scaled slithers <laughs> into the temple. 
And as she does, as I said, the rest of the temple becomes quiet. She winds her way through the crowd, touching the brows of folk who make penitent gestures towards her. And makes her way towards the front of this assembly, near the altars of the gods in triplicate. Around those altars, you see the other auger bearers beginning to gather, Tirza. Uh, I will, I will join them. And they begin kind of subdividing, so that each of the auger bearers whose items are evocative of the different gods kind of begin assembling beneath the statues. So you find yourself standing near Varsha Ironheart, Leanne the Learned, and uh, just in front of you, Sedna the Scaled. Um, I will quietly and briefly again greet uh, Sedna as well. And she will smile at you warmly, and as is her way, she doesn't really speak all that much. Mm -hmm. But you have this just washing sense of gratitude across you that's very similar to how you get emotions from Sadagar, mm -hmm. but it's just more of an empathetic bond that you feel radiating from Sedna. And she will nod at you and clasp one of your hands and put another of her old lady hands just on top of yours and pat you ever so slightly. Grab my snanma. Snanma. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, a, a bit of a, a quiet murmur rushes over the crowd here. Um... Cherish, you're still sticking near the rear? You're muted, but... Uh, yeah. I I'm, like, trying to make it appear as if, like, I'm trying not to be rude. Cool. Because I don't technically belong here. Mm-hmm. And Come out, we'll hang out with the pillar crew. Huh. <laughs> Welcome in the embrace of the Jarashir. Hug it out. How far near the front of the temple are Grawl and Sid chilling on a pillar? I mean, I'm hanging out at the one pillar uh, that had the one thing that I recognized. Okay, so yeah. close to the middle then. Yeah. Optimal viewing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep a view of Cherish, though. Okay as well as I can in the crowd. You're definitely garnering some glances from other members of the Jarashir who are in here. Uh, there are lots and lots of different people, as I described earlier, crowded into this place. Men, women, everything in between, warriors all, who... Friends. Romans, Romans countrymen. countrymen. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them don't have ears, unfortunately, because Dragonborn just they have lend holes in their... Oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're gone. <sighs> but leastways, there are some who definitely have sour glances towards Grawl, specifically. 
and these are folk you might recognize as denizens of the drylands. Just by their <laughs> salty demeanor and their rough <laughs> and Grawl just raises the traditional <laughs> hobgoblin <laughs> sign of greeting. That middle finger. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Greetings. Oh, damn it. Just, just a real ambassador for your people, man. Great. Listen, all My people, people kicked me out. Dead. I'm an ambassador of nobody. Good shit. Good shit. Hmm. That's sort of why I was keeping an eye out when Golshan entered, because I was low-key waiting for him to be like, you should kill that guy. <laughs> oh, there's a hobgoblin. Better kill it. Um, <laughs> just just in case. <laughs> uh, wait for me to get over there. <laughs> I am 125 years old, and I will kick your ass! <laughs> yeah, he, okay, so he's either going to, like, rip off his shirt and just, just be, like, scary rip. Gonna pull a yeah. boomy. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, he's, say, yeah, he's boomy, or he's fucking Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> where he doesn't have to move at all, can just lightning you from just, like, where he's sitting. I'm sure just about everybody in this room can probably lightning us. Right, but this one's really scary good at it. It doesn't look like they're trying. <laughs> yes. One would even say he's shockingly good at it. One might say one. that. One shouldn't say that, but one might say that. <laughs> so yes, the Jarashir of the war camp are convened here under the roof of this place. The twelve auger bearers stand behind the scaled council. And there is just this sense of rippling energy that moves through this place. There's no words necessarily, but there is a swaying motion of everyone, well, most everyone, barring perhaps three exceptions, tuning in to a, a sort of sense of being and thought as they key in and lock in on this tableau of the auger bearers and the scaled council. None of them have seen anything like this before because this has never happened before. And if it happens, it only means one thing. That the prophecies of their religion are coming to fruition and that everything promised to the Jarashir is coming to pass. It starts as a low sonorous note sung out by Kamal of Kathbari. It is a, a low tone that Cherish and Grawl and Sid, you don't even necessarily recognize it as a word at first, but eventually it does resolve itself into a single word. And that word is storm. And as he finishes saying it, the rest of the Jarashir are slowly joining that tone, that oh, that is the middle of the, the word itself. And 
it resolves into this deep, shaking, diaphragm-rattling tone that fills this room. And there is a sense of zealotry. That is the only word that comes to mind. Hmm. These are true believers who are having their faith completely and utterly justified by what they are seeing in front of them. You see tears on people's faces. There is looks of frenetic glee here and there. There is looks of true sadness, but always there is this sense that they are all connected in this unifying knowledge that something is happening here, something that everything in their life was pointing them towards. All of the weird looks that they got while traveling outside the Bari, all of the snide comments they may have endured at the hands of folks who thought they knew better in the streets of Stormhaven, all of the strange and offhanded comments that they may have overheard from other travelers on the road, all of it is dust now. Everything here confirms what they believed. And there is something terrifying about that from an outside perspective. I think if any of you direct your attention to the front or the auger bearers stand arranged behind the scaled council, um, Kirza looks the most, it's not relaxed, uh, it's It's not even content, the most happy you've ever seen her. Um, she doesn't have the you know, wild grin, there's no laughter or tears or uh, anything, but all of the sort of um, nervous energy that she has all the time, all of the undercurrent of fear and doubt and confusion is just like not present in this moment. Um, Yeah. It's like a, again, like a completely different person. As that sonorous note begins to fade, another raises from Vishal, who begins a, a at a higher register. But the word doesn't stretch, it twists and wraps in on itself into a series of syllables as a, a song is sung in a language that I don't believe any of you know, and even the people singing, most of them do not know this language. Mm -hmm. Pig Latin? Nope. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's that Obviously. one. 
Super Acklow. Yeah. Um, no, unless any of you can speak Celestial, um, none of you would recognize this language. It is a, a hymnal towards the gods in triplicate uh, that is said to evoke their name and to push back the outer storm. And as this song goes up, led by this skinny, skinny old man with the snakes for hair, um, there is another wave of emotion that crashes over the crowd, and that is one of community, of belonging, of knowing there is a, a purpose to be fulfilled and that they are part of fulfilling it. They do not sing for long. But when it is done and the note begins to fade, a third voice rises up from the hunched old man from Pashbari. And he lets out a cry First, saying, Andranjini! And the crowd responds, The change maker. Then he says, Shamaran the wise! And the crowd responds, She who walks ahead in the path. And lastly, he says, Azidahaka! And the crowd responds, The tempest bringer. He who will shatter the walls. Finally, Sedna the Scaled will gesture, not saying anything, but smiling towards her people. And she will raise both hands towards the heavens. And you see the back of her snake tail kind of flipping upwards as well. And there is a bright glow, rainbow-colored light from the statue of Andranjini, pale blue shining out from the statue of Shamaran the Wise, and a dark, bruise-like purple drifting out from the three heads of Ozzy Dahaka. There's another sense of awe, of wonder, of righteousness that washes through the crowd. As the moments passes and you feel the, the ritual of this coming to an end, there's a kind of muttering that rumbles through the crowd, brief little whispers of conversation. People coming to terms with the fact that all of the auger bearers are here. That the time is now. And the scaled council will turn towards you, Tirza. And Vishal will give you a big, big smile and say, 
We welcome the auger bearer who has finally completed the twelve. The cloak bearer is among us now. What word bring you, cloak bearer, of the outer storm, of the gods in triplicate? What signs do you bring from the valley? Um, I think, uh, here's a, um, begins to describe, um, a, I mean, like the the signs of uh, of the scaled being in the storm. Um, God, signs of the apocalypse! Shit. Can I make a religion roll? <laughs> this is more about. What things would you think are significant to your religion that you have seen in your travels that you wish to point to that they might find significant as well? And you can bullet point it. You don't have to give me some grand speech, but I am looking for the... The things that may shape the Jarashir to come. Boy. Um, Tirza will... It's less about dis describing necessarily the, um, the structures she's seen of, like, it, in the beyond plains, like in the beastlands, um, but she, um, will speak of signs of the Jarashir enduring and, and eternal, um, that she has seen throughout the valley, and I, th I think without saying, like, oh, yeah, I've been, been hanging out in other plains, um, I I think she sort of like double speaks this kind of like um that she has seen the Jarashir's presence in in all reflections of of uh the multiverse. Is that all? I'm just trying to think of what else. I've seen, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm having a read moment here. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, what are you trying to say? I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Here's a don't make me wade through all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is your Martin Luther moment if you want it to be. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how I can be like, uh, this is the time of, like, uh, revelation and um, without without just straight up, yeah, being pulling a Martin Luther and being all heretic-y about it, because um but I do but I do think that that's like where that that focus goes, even if she doesn't intend it to um is like I'm not gonna just drop truth bombs on in this public setting necessarily but i i think um there is a a sort of coded or or mm, softened kind of um uh description of the truths that have come to light about uh, about the Jarashir's presence in like other other worlds um, okay I don't know if she mentions the living gate I'm trying to decide if that is a thing that she I don't, I, yeah, and I, I don't, yeah, I don't think that she does, because she just doesn't know what it is yet. All right. Give me a... Two checks. The first is a religion check with advantage. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, I just rolled two eights. Is that the total or is that what you rolled? No, eight is the total. Okay. Ooh. Now give me a persuasion roll, just straight. Okay. Oh, that's a 19. <laughs> total? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. And, uh, Finally, give me an insight check. I'm really good at this. It's a 15. Okay. And as you begin to speak, you speak of the enduring nature of the Jarashir, which is one of the core tenets of your people, is their ability to survive. The whole purpose of this is to survive, to help others survive. Because while you welcome the coming of the outer storm, it is the duty of the Jarashir to shepherd those who would survive into the future beyond that desolation. The 
Grand Armageddon that the Jarashir speak of is inevitable, as the writings would have it. But it will not be complete. This every Jarashir knows in their bones. Azidahaka will not, cannot kill everyone. And the Jarashir will be prepared to help and shepherd those who survive. The signs you have brought speak of the endurance of that faith, of that ability to struggle despite a universe's worth of opposition. The somewhat coded phrasing that you use, indicating some of the planar marvels that you have come to know, does not go unnoticed, based on what you see of the crowd reacting to you. Grawl, Sid, and Cherish, give me perception checks real quick. Okay. That is a 21. <sighs> 16. 13. Grawl, you would see, and this is not something that Cherish would see as she's or not uh, something Tirza would see as she's positioned incorrectly to see this, and Sid and Cherish are perhaps looking elsewhere, but Agni Brandbearer stares wide-eyed at Tirza with a, a look of slightly stunned disbelief on his face. He masters himself pretty quickly, but you caught the reaction, Grawl. Mm. The crowd and the Scaled Council and the rest of the Augur Bearers nod along with your words. They are swept up by the signs that you bring of endurance, of survival, of the ability to overcome. No one immediately shouts out about heresy, so that's good. Always a plus. Always mm -hmm. a plus. But there are murmurs through the crowd. There are nods of understanding there are people about and about here that while who knows what conclusions they're drawing by some of your veiled language they are drawing conclusions that move beyond the mere level of literalism but that is what the majority of the crowd takes away can i um Something that occurred to me is uh, in this, this 
um, a, I, I think, I think that they are intrinsically tied. So I don't know if it's just sort of like a, like a, um, part of, part of the same, same thing. But I think also the idea of, um, the righteous not being just Sharashir is definitely something she slips in there. Um, I probably do reference the rest of the Threadless at various points, even if it's just in passing and not like, it's probably not by name. I'm probably not like my friend Sid, but. Um, yeah, tell them how cool we are. That makes sense. Fuck I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a play and everything. So. <laughs> tell them about the play. I, I, end, I, end it, I end it with. Hey, there's a fucking sick play in Stormhaven, guys. Go check it out. This has all been an ad for that. <laughs> Always be branding. <laughs> um, okay. A little cooler on the whole, like, oh yeah, yep. we should... Yeah, that's fair. I didn't expect them to be warm on that. But I needed to say it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As you finish the scaled council before you are nodding and most of them are smiling at you. The the cold, hard, slitted eyes of Gulshan are definitely giving you some appraising looks. After you finish talking the Scaled Council will turn back to the Jarashir assembled, and Vishal will say, We make ready now for the coming of the Tempest Bringer. The time of Tempest is upon us. The wall will break, and we must be at our utmost if we are to shepherd the valley into this new age. This conflict with the demon breed must come to an end. And Gulshan will step forward and say, Yes, of course. We must abandon these devils to their struggles. And gather at the Baris. I don't think that's quite quite what she said. Do you yeah, is there a is there a response? Mm. Well, I, I'm 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 curious if that is a. I'm just trying to get a read on the rest of the council. Like, no, fuck it. That's that. I'll I'll say something. I'm swearing yeah. a lot this time. This I'm sorry, guys. Cherish from the front. The time for heresy is now. Everyone's <laughs> here. Fuck up their shit. Do it. Cherish from the front. I'm being possessed by the spirit of Ozzy Dahaka, and he says, "Stop pussyfooting around, Tirza." <laughs> 
sensitive about that. <laughs> He's already told me to stop that. <laughs> um, at at the Baris, no, we. This is the valley's last stand, and if, and if it is, we should be here. We should be a part of it. The other auger bearers are looking to you. Gulshan will turn sharply towards you, as will Vishal Kamal, sort of looking calculatedly towards the two other members of the Scale Council. Sedna appears as though she's just staring out over the crowd and is listening to everything. As though she can hear all the whispered conversations occurring out there. As though she might be able to even hear the, the racing thoughts of those around the crowd. Taking in all that there is to observe and Gulshan looks as though he's about to snarl something at you but Kamal will say the signs point to the end should we not find some way of Protecting those who could be protected. If that is here, then it must be here. Gulshan will say, This isn't a fight! Literally is, though. You'll live. When the wall breaks, we must be prepared for the greater scourge coming in from the outer storm. Leave these devils to their fate. Azi Dahaka will sweep them all aside. A little selfish. A little selfish there. We. Our strength. <clears throat> We are the defenders of the valley. We harbor it. And and even if that was the case, even if we solely wished to lock ourselves away and abandon the valley to its fate, would we not be safer if we were all not together? Uh, that's that's not even I swore myself to this valley I want to f fight to protect it from encroaching forces give me a persuasion check yet again tears Sorry. 
What you got? Uh, I'm uh, 16. Vishal from nearby will say, The Augur Bear speaks the truth. We are sworn to defend the valley. And Gulshan will say, Could we not better do that from our own homes, from our strongholds? And Kamal will say, Some of us do not have that luxury. From nearby, a quiet voice will say, The signs are confused. And a hush will pass over the crowd as everyone turns towards Sedna the Scaled, who has spoken for the first time. Sedna will glance between the other members of the Scaled Council and then over to you, Tirza, and give you a, a brief flash of a smile before saying, We are but mortals. Who are we? We must ask a higher power if we are to know in which way the Jarashia blade will fall. And you see a slight ripple run through the crowd yet again. Brief flash of excitement. The rest of the Scaled Council looks a little worried. They exchange nervous glances with each other. Sedna whose face kind of droops a little bit here and there just due to sheer age. She is mostly wrinkles at this point. Will come up to her full height, resting back on her snake tail. She is way taller than anybody else standing in this room. Even the Goliaths? Even the Goliaths, yeah. Whoa. Especially the Goliaths. I wouldn't say especially the Goliaths, but she is pushing nine feet tall when she rests back on her tail. At full Damn. Big. Big lady. Awesome. And she will say, Fill the pool. We will consult the gods in triplicate. It is their word that we will heed. And a murmur rushes through the crowd. And you see people starting to get up and move. And only Tirza among the four of you would know what is about to happen. As hands rush to grab the bowls of glowing water that rest around the outskirts and bolted to the, the pillars of this temple. They grab those bowls and with as much security as they can, rush them forward, trying not to spill any of the glowing liquid that rests within, and they begin pouring it into the sunken basin 
where the four members of the Scaled Council stand, just in front of the ringed auger-bearers. Tirza, you've maybe only seen this ritual conducted once in your life. But it can be done in which a priest or priestess of the gods and triplicate can channel the voice of one of the gods through themselves. Almost every time it's been done, it is an attempt to ask an augury of Shamaran the Wise, which the spirit of that god inhabits the body of one of the priests for a short time to answer some question of great importance. It is said that the Scaled Council can do this in effect with all three gods, but you've never seen it done. But that is what is happening now. As bowls of glowing water move from hand to hand, being passed forward through the crowd, from the back, Cherish, you find the light that you stood in beginning to diminish very quickly until finally you are standing at the back of a large swath of shadows, all the light in the room being pooled, quite literally, into this depression at the front of the temple. There's still light coming in from outside, but it's the weird, inky, twisted light of the abyssal sky. Yeah. That has been shrouded with dark clouds here in the Jarashir camp. Which, behind you, you see, is essentially empty. But for a few sentinels that stand alert. The glowing water fills the basin at the front of this temple. Tears, I don't know if you have any further reaction to what's going on. Um. I I mean not not beyond. Uh. I mean, not, yeah, not really. <laughs> okay. The water is poured from somewhere. Baskets of snakes are brought forward and poured one after another into this pool until it is a, a twisting, writhing basin of glowing blue water and dark, writhing snakes. Standing at cardinal directions within the basin, the four members of the Scaled Council trace their hands through the water. Vishal looking at peace with the serpents around him. Kamal looking at them warily, but practicing the right. Gulshan looking nervous. Sedna lowering herself slightly yet again seeming to be listening for something, her head cocked to one side. 
One of her eyes closed, as if squinting, attempting to concentrate. There is a rush of power that you all feel. As a murmur goes up in the crowd, chanting begins in that same liquid silver language that you didn't recognize from before. The four members of the Scaled Council begin chanting it as well. And there is a, a rush. It's gentle. It's not the violent pull that you feel when the time of the great of the old mage's ritual going off pulls you towards, you think, the realm scar. This is more of a, a gentle push near the small of your back. Something gently pushing you, like standing waist deep in the ocean, feeling the tide pushing against you gently. And as the chanting grows to a louder and louder thrum, seeming to roll in on itself, the water glows a bright blue, but that blue suddenly splinters, and you see it fraction off into a large, almost pie chart within this basin. A third of the water still maintaining that glow of soft blue, a third of the water beginning to dance with a shimmer of rainbow-colored scales ever moving in a kaleidoscopic fashion, and one glowing with a dark, dark purple and black. Holy shit. The four members of the Scaled Council, one of each standing in one of the fractions of this basin and one standing in the center is Sedna, who rests in the center of this pool. Gulshan standing in the dark purple water. Kamal standing in the fractal rainbow colors. And Vishal standing in the glowing blue. There is a flash. There is a song. And suddenly those three men aren't standing there anymore. There is a snake, a horned serpent. Its scales reflecting the rainbow colors. Its twisting body towering up into the, the rafters of this temple. The scale but um, has changed, but <laughs> this creature is undoubtedly Andranjinyi, the rainbow serpent that you saw in the Beastlands, albeit hey. at a different aspect ratio. A woman appears in the blue water. Her dark caramel-colored skin poking out from the hood of a large cloak that rests over her forehead and shoulders that falls across her 
top of her torso like a flared cobra's hood. Coming back across and down, it spreads out into the water. She otherwise appears human, albeit with sharp features, and as she turns, glowing amber eyes. With thin slits for pupils. The third of purple water is empty. Nothing appears there. There's a long moment of dread silence as nothing continues to be there. And as Shamaran the Wise and Andrin Jinyi get slightly confused looks on their faces. And a, don't know where he is. and a whisper of confusion begins to spread across the crowd. As Sedna the Scaled turns a questioning look towards that third empty spot in the water. As the Hall of the Jarashir looks to where Azi Dahaka should be and is not. I think it is there that we are going to end tonight's episode of Material Components. Because as always, you can find us on Twitter at MattcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. I was hearing from all of our listeners. One of these gods is not like the others. <laughs> but we already kind of knew that. <laughs> like, okay, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis, um, and you can support me on Patreon um, at patreon.com slash Elliot C. Lewis. Sorry. It's also on my Twitter. Guys, why aren't you keeping track of your worst dude? Oh my god. Okay, where do we put him? <laughs> I know, I know like, don't you somewhere. all live together or whatever? Ozzy's bed is filled with pillow. Like, it's a three-headed pillow, okay, underneath no, the covers. He's, he's got a whole fucking uh, Ferris Bueller setup going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You can find me on Twitter at CryoutOlivia. Guys, I think I, I think I messed up being part of this cult. You guys, this cult might be a bad idea. Do you regret joining, <sighs> being a part of this cult? Hmm. I mean, Wild. no, I, I don't. I, I'll never regret it. But also, maybe weird because the words you say sound a lot like regret. <laughs> they sound a lot like regret. Strange. I just want to want to note that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, if you want to find me. You can wait. Did you do yours, Olivia? I I don't remember if I actually said my Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you can find me on Twitter at Cry at Ol- Oh, I did. Uh, I'm on, I'm at Cry at Olivia. Come hang out and tell me what a dummy I am. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well, if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at the Readamus. Um. Anyone want to tell me what the Living Gate is? Anyone want to tell me what that is? Go ahead. Tell me. Let me know.
I mean, it's not hard to figure out. No, it's not. <laughs> and yet. No. I think I know. Um, and I am not really on social media. Not my thing. But that's okay. Because instead of contacting me on social media, you can uh, do everybody on this podcast a huge, huge favor and uh, rate and review our podcast whatever platform you're consuming it on uh please do this uh it's very helpful for us uh we like hearing from you guys we uh like getting feedback um and it's just nice to know that you guys are enjoying the show um and when you do we will uh graciously well mike let's be honest mike will graciously Include the name of an NPC. So in the subject line, you put the name of an NPC in there, and Mike will put that in the campaign. It's true. And I will make it my mission to befriend that person and make them just as important as Jeffethy. Because let's be honest. <laughs> Impossible. We, we, you don't know that. You don't know <laughs> that. Because some of these names could be amazing. Um, true. So. Uh, please do that. I look forward to hearing some crazy, awesome, great, silly names. Well, and look, I'm going to need some names because we all know that Ozzy Dahaka is just a bunch of dudes in a trench coat stacked on top of each other. So I'm going to need names I mean, for those people. Yeah, that was my running theory. In a trench coat. <laughs> three snakes yeah, in a trench three. coat. <laughs> At least three, but there could be more. It's a pile of 300 snakes in a trench coat. Um, they're all going to need names. <laughs> I'll name my dice after after someone. That way I know who to be mad at. <laughs> <laughs> That's a method, yeah. Uh, and of course, you can find me on Twitter, at MKGorgoni, uh, where I'm always willing to discuss, uh, oh, where'd my gods at? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Who knows? Those silly gods. Those Found gods. them one time in a room. Yeah, maybe they're just hanging out in that hotel room. Maybe they never left. Um... <laughs> Gotta go back. Gotta go back. Got his schedule mixed up. That's not true. The last time you saw Ozzy Dahaka, it was at a crossroads. Yes, it was. True. Yeah. Mm. Still there. Or, yeah, just hanging out. Uh, but of course, you can also find our good, good friend Omatep over on Twitter at NPC underscore AN. Uh, because even though he might have a god or two running around, old Duskwalker import and export TM, uh, he knows exactly where his gods are at. So. Of course, he is always an important NPC. Aisle six. Aisle six is where <laughs> we keep the gods. <laughs> <laughs> Half off on all Horuses. <laughs> oh, there's so many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening. And the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you next time. Okay, so if you have a...